podcast in the world from WWE to DNA Impact by way of the NWA. It's time for Reffin' It Up with legendary referee Brian Hepner and guest host, Mr. Reffin' Rant himself, Jimmy Corderas. An all new episode starts in this. Is revving it up. Welcome back to Reffing It Up. I am RJ. I am joined by the two greatest professional wrestling referees of all time. First and foremost, a let's say tan and over Mr. <laughs> Jimmy Corderas. And he's so excited that he got a new computer and a new headset, Mr. Brian Havner. But first, Jimmy, you look so well rested. You're tan, so you're over. So something had to happen, right? You, you took a little yeah. uh, R&R? I took a little R&R with the missus and uh, we got, I got a little wasted away again in Margaritaville, which was a nice thing. <laughs> it's not too bad at all. And had a little fun and decompressed. We had a great time. We were hanging out with some friends and just everything is just, I don't know how to put it into words. It's just, I feel good, man. I got, I got an extra pep in my step and, and I'm happy and I'm in a good place. It's always well, good to see. And it's, it's, it's definitely noticeable, you know, you're very, it's sooner as I tell you, it's like you get chipper and then you start growing hair, right? That's what I was told. Hopefully. Right? Hopefully, I'm hoping. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Brian? Not a lot. Uh, I did a major upgrade. I've, I've, I've actually spent a little money and uh, got me a new headset. Uh, hopefully, my, uh, uh, I don't know, audio is better for you guys. And if it's not, fuck off. Um, <laughs> and got me a new laptop. And so, uh, yeah, I'm good to go. And I'm, I'm looking at a cheery, chippy Jimmy Corderas with his heel tan going on and he's man, he's upbeat. I, I swear he, he, he must've did more vacation than just have fun. And what I mean by that is he might've got some frustrations out otherwise with yeah, his other significant other, but I hope that happened. And I hope that he was able to use a sponsor of ours, blue chew that only enhances your uh, vacation. Uh, should I say? And uh, yeah, Jimmy, you look marvelous. And, and and guys, this is our 100th episode and I'm so fucking proud and amazed and um I hope we have 100 more. So I'm ready to dig into this and wow, can't believe it. Yeah, I'm yeah. super pumped about today too, man. This is going to be a lot of fun. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So obviously for everybody that uh has followed us online or followed Brian or Jimmy uh know that we will be having on the founder of busted open radio, Mr. David LaGreca coming on in just about less than a half hour. But before we do that, why don't we send it up to our first count? This is your one count. As we mentioned previously, though, we had a very busy week in professional wrestling, as we do every week, we find something to talk about, obviously. But AEW made a signing that, in my opinion, is probably one of the best signings that they have uh, they've made in quite some time. Um, is AEW announced the signing of Jennifer 
Pepperman as vice president of content development, according to Sports Illustrated. Uh, she is a three-time daytime Emmy Award winner. And up until last week, she was also the longest tenured female creative team member for WWE. But she opted out to leave the company where she worked uh, with WWE since 2017. Um, Jimmy, man, this is one of those kind of those puzzle pieces that we've been talking about. And you've been talking about whether it be your ref and rants or whether it be on wrestling Inc that AEW needs, they need that little content creativeness in that takes a little bit of away from Tony. Yeah. And this is definitely a good get for AEW because you need someone there in the creative process that understands uh, telling stories and being in that WWE system. That's one of the things they stress most is you don't, it's it's cool to have the one-off match where you have so-and-so versus so-and-so first time ever. But what really draws fans and what really draws money is the personalities, is the characters and the stories that they tell and the interactions they have with each other. Episodic weekly television. I know people hate to hear these terms, but, you know, the wrestling fans out there, this isn't sports entertainment. This is pro wrestling. Pro wrestling is sports entertainment. Learn to like it, learn to live with it, as Ric Flair used to say. And this get by the AEW, I think, further enhances that philosophy because we're already starting to see a little bit of a change in that direction where we're seeing a little more promo segments that make sense, not just to put guys out there to, to, to throw out taglines and stuff like that. We're having promo segments that lead to something. So this is definitely a positive get for AEW right now. And let's also face it, um, you know, for a while, and even right now, but it's trending upward, storylines and stuff like that are, you know, it's, to my knowledge, Tony needs some help with that. He needs some help with that. Um, and it, it, it can only improve the product. And you're taking someone from the machine and you're putting them in the wannabe machine. She's only going to bring knowledge and pass it along to help AEW. And listen, I, I don't want to be repetitive week after week after week after week, but they need to improve, and we want them to improve. RJ, Jimmy, and myself, we want AEW to be the best possible wrestling organization on the planet, and we would love for them to step up and actually really physically be competition for WWE. And we all know it's not simply there yet, but this can only help that move. You know what I mean? That's that's can only help that move for them to be a better product. Yeah, it's it'll definitely be it'll take some time too. It's not gonna happen. Changes aren't gonna happen overnight as much as people right. want them to be. Um, and by people I mean those quote unquote smart fans that you know you see online all the time. Oh, they should have done this, they should have done that. Well, let it breathe, you know, let it grow some legs, let it you know, take it all for a walk, you know, let long-term booking kind of aspect of that. Speaking of that real uh, quick, RJ, before yeah, you get to, uh, and Jimmy, you too, uh, this is for both of y'all. Who else other than um, the guy, the, the get they got from uh, TNA, who else is in, doing creative? Because isn't it basically just Tony? And then you have, um, gosh, what's his name? I work so close with, I can't think of his name right now. Um, 
from TNA. Oh uh, gosh, ex wrestler. Oh um oh um oh, oh crap. Uh, I know is Q is QT Marshall? No 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 uh, no he's he's back though. Um, you're talking. Back, oh, yeah. sh- he was with WWE too, right? Yes, he walked out on them. Told, told, told Vince Man go fuck himself. Uh, anyway, it's gonna bust. Who, who else isn't creative though? Though, do you guys know? Because I don't. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying. I'm I, just... I I would think, I, I really would think that it would be, um, you know, like a D Malenko and Jimmy or uh, not Jimmy, uh, Brian. You're talking about Jimmy Jacobs. There you go, Jimmy Jacobs. Now he's very there talented. Yep, he's very mm-hmm. talented. That was a good get for them as well. Yeah. Um, so I'm so apparently I'm looking at their producers slash coaches that they have mm-hmm. online right now that's you know through that worked there before. Um you have Arn Anderson, Chris Hero, wow. Dean Malenko, J- Jerry Lynn, aforementioned Jimmy Jacobs, uh Kevin Matthews, uh Sarah Stock. Scotty too hotty. Um, so you have a lot of, you know, a lot of talent there. And you also take, mm-hmm. take into account too, that, you know, you have a Mark Henry, you have a Paul white, you have a Taz, right. you have, you know, as well as the active guys and edge, excuse me, Adam Copeland, mm-hmm. RVD, you have these guys there. So I, you would think they'd kind of take advantage of it. And Samoa Joe, yes, it, it, that's the thing. The younger talent need to listen to these voices and stop thinking that these are the Clint Eastwood standing on his front porch going, get off my lawn. You know, <laughs> thinking, you know they're just old timers. This old, ti- old school doesn't work. Old school still works. You can kind of update it a little bit to bring it up to 2024. And, you know, little tweaks, as we t- say, tighten the screws a little bit. But the old school system still works because it's, what sells is heels getting heat, baby faces getting the pop they need to get. And there's too many tweeners nowadays where you don't know, are they heel? Are they baby face? The crowd is split, that sort of thing. You need an antagonist and a protagonist. Yep. And they need to clash. And the crowd should want to see one guy get their ass whipped and the other one whip his ass. I agree, Jimmy. Yeah. I agree. And it, there's a lot of names you just said that. Wow, I, yeah. it's kind of it's it's kind of mind blowing, really. But I don't think that a lot of them though are into that story stuff as much as they are getting told the story and trying to make it what it is. Yeah, yeah. If I can make this analogy really quick, probably the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. Yeah, won a bunch of Super Bowls with New England. Everybody said he went down and won in the Super Bowl with 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 the Tampa the, the Tampa Bay Bucks. You know, probably the greatest Super Bowl uh, quarterback of all time. Can but can, can Tom Brady coach an NFL team to the Super Bowl and win them right. in the Super Bowl? We don't know because maybe he is just you know of that quarterback mindset and mm-hmm. can't work with the defensive linemen, can't work with the offensive linemen, can't work with the cornerbacks and the and the defensive backs. You know what I mean? And and get that game plan together. Maybe he's not that. Right. Maybe just you know put him put him behind center, and snap him the ball, and let him do his thing. Well, right. if you're a Commander fan, I'd roll my dice and let him try. <laughs> well, Definitely. Why, why, why not at this point? What do you have to lose? Um, but something I did want to chat to you guys about before we headed up to our uh, 
our ref and review this week was this weekend will be Sting's uh, last match this Sunday at AEW Revolution. Uh, obviously, he is legitimately uh, the biggest face of all time. You know, you, we saw him probably the best, rec- most recognizable wrestler in WCW history. You know, he was in TNA, brought that company, Brian, you know that you worked with him so often, brought TNA up and up to those, get those record breaking numbers. And then he had a cup of coffee in WWE. But Jimmy, what I want to see happen is Tony Khan should be commended for what he's doing with Sting, doing it on his terms doing it the right way, which we thought we should have. I thought that we should have seen in WWE. No, I understand that point completely. And and yes, you do have to commend Tony Khan for giving Sting this platform, this opportunity to end his career on his terms on, you know, doing it the right way, so to speak. And, you know, I'm a big Sting fan. Uh, He's maybe one of the few people that I don't recall ever becoming a heel, kind of like Ricky Steamboat throughout his career was never a heel. And, you know, most most everybody that's gone through this business in a single capacity has been a heel and a babyface at some point in their career. Those are two guys that were never healed and people just couldn't dislike them. Right. So it's a great call there. And as far as going into revolution this weekend, yes, we know people are complaining. Well, it's a tag match. Does he lose on his way out? Huh? Does he win? I as as I like to do, Captain Fantasy Pencil Booker in my mind, <laughs> what I'd like to see happen is. If he's going to go out, you can do two things on the way out and still achieve the same goal. One is have him go over with with uh, Darby Allen over the Bucks, get their win. They retain the championships at the end when before they go off the air. Have Sting both put both belts over Darby's shoulders and kind of give him that rub. Okay, you got this, kid. And then salute the fans and thank everybody. And, you know, he goes off on a high note. And then afterwards, you can play games with the Bucks being EVPs and going, hey, wait a minute. Your tag team partner, your your champions, he just left. So you need to be find another someone else to fill in that role or we will find someone for you. And then all of a sudden they they pick his partner or something along those lines. You can have play games with it. It could lead to a further story. But I like the idea of having Sting go out on a high note as opposed to doing the proverbial, okay, I'm going to go out on my back and help so elevate someone. You can do both by having him win. I agree, man. I do. I agree. And, and that is picture perfect, Jimmy. I can't twist, turn, or anything with that. Uh, I love it. I think that Tony has done a good job with the Sting thing. I really do. And I think that Sting is very deserving of anything he gets from anybody, whether it's Tony, whether it's, well, it ain't Vince no more, uh, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but he's, he, he's such a class, that guy. And I really wish I could be there to be honest with you. And I'm not far from Greensboro, but, and it, I think it's time. I think it's the right time for sting. I think it's the right time and the right place. Greensboro Coliseum, my God, uh, the, 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 amount of moments that were set in that arena for with Sting is phenomenal. Uh, but 
yeah, I'm I'm excited about it, but I'm also a little concerned of how they'll handle it because they've been known to not handle as they should. But Jimmy, hopefully they're all listening to this episode and uh, you have made the uh, Tony Choice Awards. Oh, thank you. (laughs) No, I feel, I feel, you know, I've been blessed throughout my career to have shared the ring and having worked with a lot of great talents over the years. Uh, That's the one guy that I, not just the one guy, there's a few, but he's one guy who I would have loved to have worked with let's put it that way yeah yeah so why don't we do this guys why don't we send up to our refin review this week and before we bring in mr david lagreca so let's send it up to our refin review i'll be right back this is refin review Brian, I wanted to touch base with you on this one is why would a referee ask or tell a manager to tell the person that they're managing to break the submission hold? Well, if he wasn't told to do it that way, there is no fucking reason to do that, uh, period. Um, now, I understand the gimmick, I guess, would be that she only listens to him. Mm-hmm. But that's not the referee's business. Uh, the referees to do his job. And if to me, it feels like if, if, if the manager felt like there was going to be a count out because he, that she wouldn't break it, maybe he would inject himself. But otherwise, the referee has nothing to do with this. Nothing. Yeah. I just find, I just found it a little weird. I know, Jimmy, you, you saw it live and you, you know, you talk about it on Wrestling Inc. every Wednesday. But it just seemed weird to me, dude. Ever since we've started, you know, the show, I'm kind of seeing things, especially with referees. I'm seeing in a different light, good, bad, and different. Beside the point, but Jimmy, is this something that you've seen before? It, it, this is this was a different situation from something I've experienced doing in the past. Uh, in this situation, it was Tony Storm's uh, uh, seconds, so to speak, but they are mm-hmm. her subordinates, so to speak. He's the, he's the butler or whatever you want to call him, Luther. You know, mm-hmm. and and what's he? That's who she was. The referee was saying, "Hey, tell her to break the hold." He's not like a Bobby Heenan because I've done a, a similar thing with someone like a Bobby Heenan. You know, where someone would have a submission hold on, they'd hold it on too long, and you try to get him to break. And you know, because he's the manager, like a Bobby Heenan or or Lou Albano or Mr. Fuji, tell him to break the hold, or I'll reverse some, I'll I'll reverse the decision or something like that. That's different because he is an actual manager as opposed to a second, you know, so I could see it in that sense. In this sense, it made no sense. You know, the referee is the law and order in the ring and should be portrayed as such. So like you, like Brian said, if, if they were told to do it that way, I understand. But if they weren't told to do it that way, there was no reason to go to Luther and ask him to tell Tony to break the hold. And if I'm not mistaken, that referee was Mike Posey, correct? I believe so. Right. Right. And And that's what, no, sorry, Brian. No, you're good. But Mike, Mike would have just taken it on his own to say, "Hey, Luther, tell her to get rid of, you know, break the hold." That's there, there's no way. I think he was totally instructed to do it that way. I believe. Yeah. I believe you're right. Uh, so the other one I saw, and you touched on this briefly, uh, Jimmy, was the ref distraction spot they had on the show as well. Mm-hmm. Is there a certain way? 
good, bad, indifferent to do the ref distraction spot the right way? Well, in this instance, I thought it first took too long, the distraction spot. He was distracted far too long. Yes, Roderick Strong was up on the apron. He called down the other refs to come escort him out of the ring. He did not need to leave the ring to help them escort him out. It made their distraction spot too long. All he had to do was peek his head under the bottom rope, say, get him out of here. And while he does that, there's the punch to Orange Cassidy's nether regions. And, you know, and then hit the pile driver. That's all you needed. It could have been that quick. It takes too long. That's one of the things I'm finding a lot now. And I hate to keep harping that it happens in AEW a lot, but it does. The distraction spots take far too long and the heat does not go in the proper place to the heels where it's supposed to go by manipulating the referee for that quick. Hey, we got his attention. Get it done. Do it quickly. The longer you take to do it, the less heat there is on the heel. And then it's like, oh, the referee's just staying out of the way just so they can do that spot. Well, and also, yeah. you know, you go back to Wednesday night dynamite uh, this past week. You know, they had that opening, what was a six man tag? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. they, they completely buried the fuck out of Turner. And he didn't help himself either. But still, um, they were all over the place. It was. They're going to commercial breaks now, and they're starting to make this a normal thing where two guys get into it that are illegal, and then everybody comes in on it, and it's just a big clusterfuck, and then they go to break. Paul Turner's just sitting there with his hands on his dick because guess what? That's all he can do. I just don't mm -hmm. understand that there's no structure to these matches anymore. I, it's no, not I no, I hear you. And, and, and the, you know, going to break on, on a spot like that where they're in chaos – doesn't make sense. I used to get really upset and and until recently where the WWE used to go to break every time a spot happens outside the ring. Can he make it back in the ring in time and blah, blah, blah. And that sort right. of stuff. And now I understand. It took me a while to piece it together, but I understand why they do it because they don't want to go into break. Like you said, Brian, with a big cluster going on where there's a lot of action. No, Jimmy, go Jimmy, to break. Jimmy, I said cluster fuck. You have to say what I said. Okay, cluster a cluster fernum going at the break. Okay, you, you know me, I can't do it. I'm Canadian. But cluster fernum going at the break, and you know, and they do it in the little picture in picture. And when you have a situation like that, you have no audio. What you have is this little picture in the corner and this ad for McDonald's or whatever the heck is going on over there. So you're not focused on what's going on in the little corner. And in a situation like that, you need the announcers. You need to hear them because they're part of amping you up getting you excited oh my god it's breaking down who's gonna you know get a yeah. little audio and, and and picture in picture gets on my fucking nerves too by the way oh yeah we'll be right back with picture in picture oh, okay now uh, all i see is a add up with viagra now now i don't really see you know the, the shit that's happening like you said it's a little blurb down in the court what is the reason for that by the way i hate getting off topic but what is the reason for that i guess it, my best guess is that it's done to make People think like they're not missing anything. But the other thing I'm finding, too, is too much goes on during that picture in picture. That's true. That's true. That needs well, you, that you, announced you team don't to tell the story. Yeah. Well, you don't want people to change the channel, though. That's the thing. You know what I mean? Because you go back to the days when you guys were in the WWE during the Monday Night Wars. That was the like one of the key rules where, hey, when you have, say, Foley and Undertaker are wrestling on raw and then you got goldberg and somebody else are going to switch the channel as soon as they go to to break you know so and wwe's and, done that too 
Every no, time they go ahead, Jimmy. No, I understand that point, especially during the Monday Night Wars. It made sense. Yeah. But right now there is no Monday Night Wars. There's no, right. you know, people right. are going to tune in. They're going to they're going to tune back in. It's it's a nice little break, bathroom break. Let somebody go to the bathroom and sit. Let them go through the three minute commercial as go to the and, and relieve themselves as opposed to doing it in the middle of a match. Every time, Jimmy, like you said, I go get another beer. I go check on dinner. I go take a piss, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't ever sit there and watch that picture in picture because I know nothing is is going to happen. That's. Because if they if something does, they always come back and show it again and it's to replay what happened during break. So why would I sit right. there and waste my time? No, I hear you. I hear you. Preaching to and the there, choir, my brother. Yeah, and there's no war going on, like you said. So just get rid of the shit. But yeah. whatever. You know, you know, something that uh you know, we've definitely been keeping our eye on has been uh TNA wrestling. And I want to welcome in the fourth man in the booth, the third man in the ring, whatever way you want to call it. The senior official at OVW and lead TNA referee, Mr. Daniel Spencer. Daniel, what's up, buddy? Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, Daniel. What's up, buddy? Hey, hey, hey. Hey, What's up, D? How are you, man? Doing good. Doing good. How are you guys doing? Well, we're doing better. We're doing better now because Jimmy's in a really good mood. He went on. uh, Well, I don't know if I'm supposed to say anything, but he went on a hiatus. Okay, so he went and found some sun, so he's got his heel heat with his tan. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. he's happy. Um, so yeah, this I was is- wasted. I was wasted away again in Margaritaville, man. Yeah, that's the best <laughs> way to be. Look, look, I, I was in uh, New Orleans. It was nice and weather, and I come back to Louisville where it literally dropped in two days from 70 to 20 degrees. Oh, and then I'm about mm-hmm. to go up north to Canada as well, and I, I heard it's just, just as colder, colder up there, so – Oh, you're not, coming up uh, to my country. Whereabouts? Yeah. Uh, Windsor. We have shows in Windsor in a couple of weeks. So. Oh, cool. Not, Very cool. A few hours away from you, but, you know. Yeah. It's just so. across the border from Detroit. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Same yeah. Providence, though, right? Same uh, yes. Same Providence. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, well, since you're on, there's a reason why you're on. So let's get to the dirt here. Um, stop having <laughs> fun. Do it. Let's do it. Um, uh, what, what, what happened um, with this? What's that referee's name? Frank? No, Mark Bitters. Mark, Mark Bitters. Bitters, yes. Okay, yeah. sorry. Mark, I apologize. Um, Daniel, what the fuck's going on with this thing? Um, let me let me lay it out for you. No, RJ, lay the lay the, the land yeah. of uh, just lay the land out. Come on. So what we are referring to for those of you that don't know is there was a after match incident between Frankie Kazarian and Mr. Mark Bitters. Uh, after he lost to, I believe it was Eric. Was it Eric? Eric Young. Eric Young. Eric Young. It was to the become the number up, one contender. It was the opening match of the pay per view, No Surrender, that happened this weekend mm-hmm. yeah. on TNA Plus. So go check it out if you missed it. Oh, so this yeah. was the opening match. Oh, okay. the opening yeah. match. Yeah, yeah. Let's see, this even and it was gets for, worse. And, and it was for the number one contenders <laughs> to face Moose. Correct at Sacrifice, yeah. which is which is why I'll be in Windsor in a, in a week or so. Which is my up, uh, TNA Plus special as well. So. So, so pretty much to make a long story short, Frankie went off and literally jumped the referee, said referee, and literally took him out. Uh, yeah, and, and then he, proceeded he, to, he, and then he proceeded to go to to social media and you know keep keep going. Let's put it this way: out of nowhere, he blindsided Mark, and then he literally, when you thought that was enough, that was uncalled for. He then he beat down. Uh, Mark uh, for a good 
know, a minute. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty. We were all scared and freaked out and wonder what was going on. If I can ask um, a quick, quick question, what what precipitated like what happened in the finish? Was, was there something that happened in yes. the finish that made him so, want to do this? So during 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 the count after he after uh, Frankie hit one of his signature moves, um, you know Eric Young kicked out, and Frankie Kazarian thought that at least according to the verbiage or what I was looking at thought that that Mark did not count fast enough or that he counted too slow or whatever. And he mm -hmm. basically got him, pick him all the way to the corner and kind of, you know, gave him, gave him a promo about how to count and how to ref. And while he was spending his time doing that, Eric Young recovered and then turned around into a, uh, you know, roll up one, two, three, and he, then he lost to the match. Mm -hmm. So. Okay. Who, you know, uh, boy, um, Daniel, he should have beat the living shit out of him. Worse. If you're going to do that, I mean, beat the shit out of him. I love Frankie Kazarian. I'm sure he was just being a good brother. But if a referee's in that spot, you only have that happen ever so often. Right. Beat the shit out of him. The boy will be okay. The boy will be okay. Frankie will take care of him. Beat the living shit out of him. I saw so some you, stuff. So, so more, so more, you, more, you wanted to beat, to beat him up more than he did. Because he, he, he did some pretty, pretty damaging stuff to him already. No, no, no. Right. I don't, I don't mean any more. I'm saying, but more exactly what he did but worse like in other words oh got it More lay the shit in lay this shit it. in yeah okay I got it. Yeah. i've been in a spot with that before and it happened to mm -hmm. me and it, yeah. i literally got the shit kicked out of me and because it was just a one spot deal they wanted to make it look good yeah. make it look right yeah. and yeah. It, it, they, he didn't hold back i'm not gonna mention names but he did apologize after the fact but mm -hmm. i was pretty banged up for a couple of weeks put it that way yeah but where's the heat yeah, Daniel, where's the heat? Well, I mean, the heat's on 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 Frankie. I mean, he took he he he's a sore loser for you know lose, for uh, taking it out on the referee for he clearly lost the match because he, you know, Eric got the best of him. But um, you know, that's I mean, there was they were booing like crazy. I, I, what's crazy about the the crowd on Friday night? They were so freaking loud, like there was an amazing crowd. But on TV, it didn't register that way. And I don't know what was up with the audio or whatnot, but I'm watching the back and going, man, they were hot all night long. So the boos were – he got a standing boovation, if, I, you know, if I've ever heard one. So, I mean, there was some heat there for sure. Um, but uh, could there be more heat? I'm sure. I'm sure. But, you know, it's, the story's not over, you know. So uh, he just suspended right now. So uh, we'll see where the story goes as far as – well, with Frankie Kazarian, I don't know. I don't think he's – We'll see what happens with referees and, and Frankie, but definitely his story is not over yet. Right. See, for me, it wasn't just, it was a nuts and bolts thing during the beatdown. Mm -hmm. Like Brian said, he should have kicked the living crap out of him, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and, and, but the, the things, it, you know, the little things, the technical things that my brain is programmed this way. Yeah. When he threw that clothesline and, and uh, he flat backed that to me registered number one, don't ever do that. You're yep. a referee. You shouldn't look like you were trained to take a bump. Right. And then when he started laying the boots in, just roll out under the bottom rope. He tried yeah. to make, you know, he it looked like he tried to go over the 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 bottom rope as opposed right. to under it. And when he was on the floor and Frankie was kicking the shit out of him, he was backing, he was begging off instead of yeah. looking like he was trying to get away. Right. And yeah, I agree. Was, yeah. He, I don't think he sold sold the ass whooping enough for me. I that's, that's, yeah, that's, I, that's just I, my opinion. You know, I, I don't know what kind of feedback he got from higher ups. I do know that I personally, you know, talked to him about selling and whatnot of what he could have done there, and and kind of also went over 
some other things and, and just his his match techniques. I mean, uh, um, just the way he refs and things like that kind of make him a better ref. But but yes, I, I agree with you on that. He could have. I, I um, unfortunately it was one of those situations where when we hear about this spot, we then have to figure out what are we going to do in that situation? Are we going to use right. one of our regulars? Are we going to use someone that we have used? And Mark's somebody that's been on loops with us and he's done matches with us before and he's had opportunities. Are we going to give this opportunity to someone like that? Or are we going to, you know, hey, use one of our, use use me or Frank and then we're down the, the guy, which, I mean, the immediate conversation was, well, we, Daniel, you can't do that spot because that's the rest of the show's got to go on. So we either got to give it to Frank or someone else. So it was just a matter of trying to figure out who that other person would be. Right. Um, and, uh, and, but, uh, but I do think, and then obviously we didn't want to give it away that, um, with Mark being in that spot that, Oh, now we got Mark in this spot. There's a, automatically going to be a ref bump or something coming. Right. So we had to like mm -hmm. figure out a creative way to do that, which what we put him in a pre-show match. So it made things a little bit easier, um, at least telling that story. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you there. And I think, uh, I think it's a definitely a learning experience. I've, I've coached mm -hmm. him and talked with him on more stuff. So, he ever has that opportunity again hopefully you know his selling and stuff gets better for sure so daniel my, to, to to my point though and, and once mm -hmm. again frankie's the nicest guy in the world i'm not trying to break kayfabe here but he's the nicest guy in the world and would never hurt anybody on purpose but that's the situation as jimmy alluded to you make that motherfucker sell yeah. if you don't if you don't know yeah. you make yeah you make that motherfucker sell you tell yeah. him before tell him before that's like exactly the way it was done to me I'm laying this shit in, okay? So I just want you to know. I want you to sell naturally. You're going to be off for four days after this. I'm just letting you know. I'm going to, it's yeah. going to hurt. It's going to hurt. And it's okay. We're not in a, you know, he's not right. a wrestler. He's not a wrestler. He doesn't know how to, he doesn't know how to work. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't know how to work. Well, you've, you've taught me this. I mean, you know, when, I, when I'm sitting there, when talking, doing a ref bump, whether it's here at OBW or whether it's uh, TNA, I'm going to, uh, you know, or even on, even if I do a, a, an indie show, you know, they're like, we're going to do this bump. And I'm like, what are you doing? And we go over and we try to make it make sense. But I'm like, don't be afraid. Like, let it in. Like, hit me. Like, mm -hmm. I want to I want to sell it. You know, like, let's do it. You know, and, you know, obviously I want them to hit me in the safe spot. But it doesn't matter if it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. It's wrestling. It's going to hurt. Mm -hmm. But I'd rather you hit me and, and let me feel it than to try to baby it and make it look like, you know, shit. And then now I'm on Botchamania because I took a, you know, a, an imaginary, you know, bump. Uh, that didn't exist, right? So I don't want to. You don't want to do that. You want to protect the business overall, as as well as our position and who we are as reps as well. No, that makes a hell of a lot of sense, and 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 I have the same feeling too because it doesn't happen every. It doesn't happen often that when a referee, mm -hmm. yes, that yes, there are referee bumps, but and and like I said, you shouldn't take it like you are a trained wrestler. But I felt mm -hmm. the same. I always felt the same way too. That if you're gonna lay it into me. Let me feel it. I want to know what it feels like because mm -hmm. these guys are bumping their asses off through the entire match through, you know, and if yeah. I can't just for this one time. Right. Yep. You yep. know what I mean? Take it, man. It just, and, and yeah. And the key of the flat back bump, I mean, taking it, you can, you can land another way safely without looking like you, well, you know, this without right. looking like you, you took a bump and, uh, yeah, doing it completely perfect. It's like, wait a minute, you shouldn't be that perfect. And I and I've done that in the past before until I got yelled at by Al Snow or D'Lo or Tommy. I don't know who yelled at me the first time I ever <laughs> did it, and they were like, "Don't ever dig a bump like that again." And I made sure I never took a perfect flat back bump on a rough bump. You know, that's that's just right. it, and it makes sense. 
yeah. and, and and not 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 to pat myself on the back, but like when I took the bump at WrestleMania from Taker, the big yeah. boot, uh, you know, I he he says to me the day before when we we're going over the match, "Are you okay with that?" And I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" Right. <laughs> Taker, our locker room leader's asking me if I'm okay with this. Yeah, I said, right. oh, "No, you do it, man." <laughs> And I, I right. when I went into when the spot came, I didn't want to look at the boot coming, right? Because I didn't want to flinch, I didn't want to move, I didn't, I just took it. And your adrenaline, you're so pumped too. You know what yeah. I mean? It's it you you feel it, but you don't. Yep. Yeah. Well, the, you know, try uh, to explain try to explain that to somebody who has never taken a bump. You feel it, but you don't because right. you're the, so the, amped. The, and you have to program your mind to say, "Stay yeah. down, stay down." The bump that I took the, the the most recent in the last couple of years that was probably the uh, the hardest hitting ever, but I would have had it either the way was Moose's spear um, mm-hmm. in that uh, in that title match, and uh, which uh, you know it it yes it was all I mean you you only way one way to go is go with his momentum, but he's got to hit you hard, and um, and yeah you <laughs> you take it you go and uh, you know the very next day of the day I mean I was sore but guess what I I was able to still walk and breath and do the do everything else i was want to do it just a little sore that day who cares right it looked great yeah. on tv it was a great moment it got moose over got the match got a great spot in the match with cardona and everything so it was it was all worth it when it's all said and done speaking um, of speaking of bad bumps you can't time this any better i'm just now getting texted by stifler mania <laughs> not even kidding hey, uh I saw him uh, a month ago at the recent tape. He's a good. He's uh, it was good to see him and hang out with him. He uh, yeah, good, good, good brother. We had a. It was nice to have him the whole weekend. He hung out. It was great. That's nice. awesome. Well, Daniel, I just have one one more thing to say. Yep. Uh, you're killing me, Spider. That's all. I just. <laughs> you have to work it in there each week, Jimmy. Yeah, of course I do. <laughs> I, I text. Uh, I listened to your show last week, and I text Brian, and I said. Uh, I'm not gonna. I love my friends there, or whatever. But I said, yeah. I yes, I I am so happy that Brian taught me how to truly swipe and get that falsy because man, I it drives me crazy watching some people in different places that don't know how to swipe correctly. So uh, um, yeah, that's all I'm gonna you. say. I won't say who they are, but you yep. all can do that. So. You don't. But you I don't love need those to. guys though. No, it's very obvious. Daniel, before we get you out of here, uh, we yep. do need to get you out of here, buddy, because I know you're busy and we got a yep. rest of the show to do, bringing in the great Dave LaGreca. Uh, but you can say what you want, but how, how are things moving, going and forward motion without the Scott DeMore move happening and all that? How are things going? Yeah, so this was our first loop without him. It was definitely different, but it honestly, morale was, we needed this to come together. Morale was up, as believe it or not. I thought it was going to be down, but it was not. It was up. Everyone's excited, um, motivated on killing it. I, you know, as much as I'm going to miss Scott, I think that um, we're going to be in good hands and um, it's going to be, uh, it's, it's, I mean, there's nothing but up at this point, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if we go any, if we stay where we're at or go down, it's, it, it's, it's going to be a, you know, we're not going to last, but I see nothing but up. And I think we're going to, we're going to make it happen for sure. New well, network. In that, n- yeah. new, new network. Come on. I don't know about a new network, but we'll see. <laughs> ah, uh, kayfabe, we'll see. brother. Kayfabe. <laughs> we'll and and do, me, do me a favor. When you get back to, yeah. when you get back there, give Josh my best, Alexander. Totally oh, we'll do. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 He's, a, he's, and, a, he's a great dude. Yeah. He is a great dude. Man. And, and, you know, I know they, they resigned him. Yeah. You know, yeah, well, no offense, they're, they're, but I'd like to have seen was, him. 
I think it was the option. They they did the option for his last year of his contract or whatever. Right. I don't know if they. But yeah, but yes, no brainer, right? No brainer. Yeah, so. yeah. This this uh, he's a star, man. He's a star. Yeah. And do me a favor when you see Lish to tell her, I said, "Girl, shut your mouth." <laughs> uh, and you know what she's going to say back? Give me a break. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no doubt. No doubt. Daniel, thank oh, yeah. you so much. Thank you so much for joining yeah. us, buddy. You're welcome. By the way, Mickey just pe- pop, popped in and said hi, Mickey James. So she's oh, tell her hello, please. We'll do. We'll do. Yeah, yeah. Mickey, Mickey James, who's that? Ah, <laughs> tell her. I, tell her. I I'm a little her. bit. I, I'm a little bit country now. Yeah, yeah. Just... There you go. There you go. <laughs> tell her we love Bye, guys. Her. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. All Thank buddy, you, Daniel. Daniel. Later, See you, Bye. Daniel. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Let's talk about sex, guys. Shouldn't you always be at your best? Make 2024 the year to maximize your performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll be able to receive your prescription within days. And the best part, guys, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped directly to your door in a discreet package. With Bluetooth, men everywhere are excited to see the postman because when your package has arrived, your package has arrived. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code REFIN at checkout. Just pay $5 for shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code REFIN, R-E-F-I-N, to receive your first month free. Just pay $5 shipping. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring our show today. Discover your options at bluechew.com. Chew it and do it. This is your two count. And we are back with our second count. Guys, I am thrilled to welcome in the founder of Busted Open Radio, a man that without him, without Busted Open, this wrestling business, this wrestling community wouldn't be where it is today in a good way. The one, the only Mr. Dave LaGreca. Dave, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Congratulations. A milestone episode today. Oh, yeah. It, For sure. Yeah, thank you. Very much appreciated, Dave. I can't I can't tell you how thrilled and how amped I am to have you on the show today and just go over your uh accomplishments because you're someone who took busted open, took a chance on yourself and succeeded. And I love seeing that and hearing that. No, thank you. I appreciate it. It was uh, it's a dream come true. I'm very, very blessed and very thankful to have the opportunity to host the show, to work with the people that I work with and to have a platform like SiriusXM behind me. So I'm very, very lucky. And I want to thank all three of you for being big supporters of the show and, you know, guests on the show and having me be a part of this uh, very special edition. So Thank you guys for everything that you do as well, because I love the show and I love the insights. 
Thank you. Dave, I, Dave, I want to say um, it's almost, and call me what you want. I'm a mark for you, and I'm a mark for your show. And to see yeah. you on my computer screen doing my show, not only my show, but my 100th episode, which is something we were really, really trying to do was have you on because they all know on this panel that I am a mark for Dave LaGreco. <laughs> um, and because you're a first time on our podcast, I have one question to ask you before we get started that I have to ask. Go ahead. Dave, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's so funny. Uh, right before I came down to do the show, my wife, Violetta, is like, could you please take off the Cody jacket before going down there and doing the show? And I was like, come on, hon. I got the, this is what they're expecting. They're expecting me to wear a Cody shirt or a Cody jacket. So she was like, could it be just one day, one day without wearing? I said, no. I made a promise, <laughs> I made a promise to our listeners that from the Royal Rumble to WrestleMania 40, every single day, I was going to wear some kind of Cody gear. So whether it's the jacket, the shirt, the sweatpants, the underwear, which I do have. What? Uh, <laughs> every day up until WrestleMania 40, I'm going to wear something Cody Rhodes related. I love the fact that you are a quote unquote Cody crybaby and wear that patch with a badge as a badge of honor. I love it, man. I, I, uh, as soon as the, you know, Rock came out and said the Cody crybaby, I called my boss and I was like, I have to do an emergency uh, podcast because <laughs> give me an opportunity to get, go off on this. And, you know, the WWE right now, guys, I'm sure you all agree. The WWE has never been hotter. It's, it's been fantastic. The bloodline story, the Cody story, Rock coming back. It's just been the perfect build towards what I think is going to be, you know, one of the biggest WrestleManias of all time. So I'm just like, you know, Brian, you talked about being, I'm just a mark myself. Like I, I'm just a fan. So I'm, I'm on this ride till we get to Philadelphia. You I know, love it, the fact, oh, sorry to cut you off, Brian. I'm really but, sorry, but I love the fact that you got the pencil in your hand because one of the things that I love doing in my brain is fantasy book because like you say on the show, we don't know what's going to happen at WrestleMania. It's keeping everybody guessing. And that's one of the beauty things about it. And things yep. something that's been missing in wrestling for a long time is the anticipation, not knowing what's going to come. Because there's a lot of people out there going, oh, I knew this was going to happen. I knew that. No, you didn't. <laughs> and why would you want to? Why do you want to know what's going to happen? Like, I get so upset. And listen... I know the pro wrestling community is made up of a lot of different personalities and people. And I know there's, you know, pro wrestling journalists that like to spoil one, one promise I made when I started the show in April of 2009 was I wasn't doing spoilers. I wasn't doing any of that. And, and I think the success of the show is a testament of where you could do things the right way. You don't have to spoil people's fun or, you know, ambulance chase in order to, to get people to listen. So I, I want to believe in the magic. I want to, I want to I wanna be surprised. That's part, what, then why are you watching? If, if you want to know everything beforehand, then what, then why do you watch? There's no right. reason to watch. If I could just jump in really quick here and give a quick analogy. The way I look at it is like watching a movie and it's based on a true story. And you know really what the outcome of the Iron Claw, perfect example. We knew 
the story of the Von Erich family. It's about how that story is told. That is captivating. And I, I love that movie. And that's what pro wrestling is, getting your audience captivated in the story that's being told. Yeah, it's just, I, I, to me, I always have to remember, even myself, you know, because when we talk and you guys talk, you, you know, there's always going to be constructive criticism, but sometimes you got to kind of sit back. And again, it's called constructive criticism. Like, you know, when I say something as a fan or Brian, you say something and Jimmy, you two as, as officials, like it's constructive criticism. Like when you, if, if Brian or Jimmy or even RJ, if you said something to me about something I said on the air, I'm going to listen to what you guys have to say because I know where it's coming from. And I know that you're saying it in, in a place of good, in a place of wanting to see me get better. And I think that's what we're all doing. We want the industry to be better. It's not to knock people down. And on the other side of it, take the constructive criticism, learn from it. If we all have the same opinions, then we don't learn from that. What good is that? How do you grow from there? So I think I think people sometimes their criticism comes from a, the wrong place, but you have to also understand where it's coming from and being able to learn from it. Once again, Dave, I just want to say you're on my fucking screen. This is awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but but what makes y'all so unique over there at Busted Open is the fact that you guys have that passion that is seen and felt as you hear your show. And the longer your show goes, the more passion I feel as well. Like it's, it's really weird and it's unique, but it's a good weird. You know what I mean? And you have, and your guys have the passion that we try to do as well. And like you said, to touch on and not, not, not trying to just say it to say it. We want all wrestling companies to succeed. We want them all to do well. And your opinions, Mark Henry's opinions, bullies, Tommy's, their opinions, but their opinions that they want to be made good of and not to rip anybody apart. I mean, I actually saw you um, last year before I retired. I uh, can't remember where it was. You were with the AW guys, AEW guys. Um, saw you in the lobby. I mean, you chatted for a minute, uh, but I don't remember where it was at. I don't remember anything. Um, <laughs> too many ref bumps. <laughs> I, I've been hit in the head too many times. But anyway, but what I'm saying is, I appreciate that and I love that, and I respect it with the most of I can give you. It's just well, thank you. That means a lot coming from you. Believe me, that means a lot, and I appreciate you saying that. And and I think the dynamic that's unique is that it is the fan and the experts. I'm the fan, and Mark, Bully, Tommy, Thunder, Mickey. The, you know, they're the experts. So um, I, I never try to be anything more than what I am, which is a fan. I'm, I'm not. Tr and again, no disrespect. I'm not I'm not a Dave Meltzer. I'm not I'm not yeah. any, I'm not I'm not trying to create any kind of controversy or give a five star rating. I am just talking from the fans perspective. And again, no disrespect to those people. I'm just talking from the fans perspective. So a lot of times I get people say to me. Well, Dave, you're 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 a journalist or you're an insider. You should be on you should you you have to learn to be unbiased. I never said I was an insider. I never said I was a journalist. I'm not those things. I don't want to be labeled as those things. I'm a fan. So sometimes I wear my fandom on on a sleeve. So I'm a fan of Cody Rhodes. I'm gonna say I'm a fan of Cody Rhodes. If I'm if I'm a fan of a certain show, I'm gonna tell you I'm a fan of a certain show. That's my opinion as a fan. 
And then I leave it to the people who I do the show with, the experts, the actual wrestlers, to give that side of it. And 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 Brian and Jimmy, especially, the one thing, and I and RJ, you do a great job of this as well. Guys, there's a line I do not cross. I do not cross a certain line. There's certain verbiage that I refuse to use on the show because it's not my place to use that verbiage. That's for that's for the Brian Hebner's, that's for the Jimmy Corderas's, those are for the wrestlers to use. I am outside the bubble. I am not inside that bubble. I have I have never been in the ring and performed. So I believe that there needs to be a line and there's a certain respect that I and even the fans have to use and have to go by. And I think we've gotten to a point where the fans want to be a part of the show and they're not a part of the show. There needs to be there needs to be boundaries and you have to understand those boundaries and you have to respect those boundaries. And speaking of respect, I mean, you've taken you get to listen to Bully and you, Tommy and Mark and Mickey and even Thunder Rosa. And you have earned their respect and it comes across on Busted Open. They I could feel the genuine love in the room. Let's put it that way. When you guys are on, regardless of who you're on with, you can feel it. And that's infectious. And I, that's why I listen to it every day to the point where my wife is going, you listen to that again? <laughs> well, but, you know, but it goes to the other side, too. They're in a lot of ways. They're in my world right there. I you know, they're in the world of radio. You know, um, Tommy had some radio experience. Mark always wanted to do radio. We spoke about it before he retired. Thunder, you know, uh, bully. They never did radio before. So it's kind of like, again, that respect factor where they're in a, in a new medium that I have done for a very long time. So I think that's what makes for a good dynamic as well. Well, for, with Mark, was it before or after the pink laser? <laughs> it was. It was it's sa- it's sa- salmon. 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 I'm salmon sorry. Jacket. Salmon. No, we <laughs> spoke. We spoke around the time of WrestleMania 32 and, you know, he told, he was a fan of the show. He listened to the show and he said that when I retire, I would really love to be a part of the show. And I was like, let's do it. So when he decided to make that move, he jumped in. Bully and I were arguing over the phone and Bully was like, this would make for great radio. We should be doing this on the radio. And that's where that started from. And, it's, I'm very lucky to have gotten guys. We're I'm going into my fifth, 15 year anniversary. April will be 15 years that I've been doing busted open. It's crazy that I've been able to make a career out of talking pro wrestling. It's 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 a dream. And I think I'm badass for 100th episode. Jeez. Dude, ba- I mean, <laughs> Brian, that's a milestone. Like seriously, a hundred episodes, and like you've been on. You know, you and Jimmy, dude. You guys have. Man, I've seen you on my TV so many times. You've been a, a part of so many big events, so many big matches. Like, poof. I mean, a hundred a hundred episodes, it's something to be proud of for sure. Congratulations on that. And I appreciate it a lot. I really do. I re- really, really do. Very much so. You know, and the funny yeah. part about it is, Dave, is we've done a hundred episodes. We'll be two years at the end of next month, two years going. And this week is the first week where brian hebner is not on his phone he does not have a little (laughs) clip on microphone on his shirt he has a headset that he's all excited he's told us numerous times hey guys look he puts it up it's muted (laughs) 
<laughs> and it, it's hilarious because and everybody and I, I it's about them it's not about me but to tell the story of the listeners that don't know the story of how this crew was created was I pitched the idea to Brian two years ago DM'd him I said hey but hey such and such is me I have an idea for a show I really think you're I'm paraphrasing of course because it's two years ago I barely remember two minutes ago um I have an idea for a show would definitely love to pitch it to you have five minutes and said hey look you have the name you have the Hebner name a lot of people respect you in this business along the same lines as you did with Bully and Tommy and we were off to the races and then we brought Jimmy in I said these are two legitimately the best referees of all time and they're stories that they need to be heard uh, yeah, it's it's a great idea it's a it, it, that's an awesome call to make RJ and you'll remember that when it's the five years and in the in the, mm -hmm. the ten years and the the 500th episode and, and the thousandth mm -hmm. episode so that that's great that you did that because you know, there, there's a lot of shows out there, but the cream always rises to the top, right? So, yeah. you know, that knowledge is key and that respect is key. And you guys have yeah. that. Yeah. So and again, you brought back the pride and you, of course, t t tell a little bit uh, how, you know, pat yourself on the back a little bit, how proud you are of developing uh, the Busted Open name, the Busted Open Nation to becoming a 24-7 program where it's seven days a week now. Yeah. It's, but you know, it's like anything else. It's just like this show here. Um, it takes a team of people and people that believe in you and that people that believe in your product. And I've been lucky that there's been people um, with Sirius XM that really believed in me and believed in the show that gave me that freedom. It wasn't always easy. It was, you know, as you guys know, pro pro wrestling you know, there's a stigma about pro wrestling. It's not looked upon the same way as Major League Baseball and the NFL. So it was a very hard fight early on. The bosses, the executives didn't believe in the show. But success cures all that. So <laughs> now they do. And there's there's a new blood and a new breed. And now a lot of people that grew up during the Attitude Era, which to me doesn't seem like that long ago, but a lot of people that grew up during the Attitude Era are now decision makers. They're now executives. They're now VPs. So that really helped as well, seeing those people kind of come in and being in, you know, executive roles and decision making roles. And that's been a big help, too, because pro wrestling is goes in cycles. And I, I believe right now we're in a cycle where things are very popular. And I think it's going to be the same thing 20 years from now. People that are growing up during this era are going to be decision makers 20, 25 years from now. And you know, something that's interesting that you just said, Dave, if you go back and look at history, um, Michael PSAs told me that wrestling runs in 10 year increments. Every 10 years, you reach a peak that was never reached or reach a peak that hasn't been reached in such a quite while. And it's so true. I don't understand why it's that way. It actually kind of sucks. You got to wait 10 years to get this fucking thing the way it is right now. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and sometimes even more because like, I mean, guys, if you, maybe you disagree with me, but numbers wise, money wise, this is probably the best era in pro wrestling since the attitude era where, you know, this, 
I mean, it's unbelievable. The WWE, it's not just WrestleMania. It's now, look, wait, we just saw Elimination Chamber in a stadium full of 50,000 people. SummerSlam in a stadium full of 50,000 people. Royal Rumble in a stadium with over 50,000 people. Like, two nights of WrestleMania. Like, I never, I remember in 1984 saying, oh, my God, there was 42,000 fans in Texas Stadium for you know, parade of champions. Like, I, 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 I couldn't have fathomed that. And now we're getting crowds like that. You know, every couple of months in pro wrestling, it's, it's pretty insane how popular pro wrestling is. And, and again, I say pro wrestling. I don't say sports entertainment. It's pro wrestling. It always be pro wrestling <laughs> to me. But I can't believe that that we're seeing these types of shows and these types of crowds. To your point, Brian, it's. This is this is a very special, very special time. And I feel like you're probably going to have to go back 25 years until you've seen something this big in the business. Now, do you mean as far as money or just the fact of the popularity? I think I think I think the money I don't I don't think popularity wise, it's ever going to be as big as it was during the Attitude Era, because during the Attitude Era, you couldn't go into. Uh, you could go, I'm dating myself here, but you couldn't go into an AMP <laughs> or a Pathmark or, or the mall or anything and not see uh, a Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt or an NWO shirt. Like you just, you, they were everywhere. They were everywhere. So I don't know if it's, or even when I, like in college, I was, I was in college, like around that time and maybe everybody had, those shirts. And I, I, I don't know if you'll ever see something like that again. Yeah. And, and the one thing I love about what you guys do on the show, Dave, you're a historian and you, you love the history of pro wrestling as much as I do talk about dating yourself. I'm one of the few people that was still alive the last time the Maple Leafs won the Stanley cup. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, and even back then I was a huge wrestling fan from day one because here in Toronto, believe it or not, we used to get mid Atlantic championship wrestling. Of course, the Maple Leaf wrestling from the Tunnies. We got AWA wrestling. We got wrestling from Montreal. We got WWF wrestling and all the affiliates we got from the Buffalo stations and everything. So all day long was Saturdays. You, don't touch me. I'm 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 wrestling. Then it was Sunday night hockey, and right after that we'd get wrestling from Vancouver, like at ten thirty at night. It was it was incredible. It's funny, Jimmy. My my brother's not a wrestling fan at all. It never took. He's not a fan. But my brother's a big hockey guy, and he he does play-by-play -play for the New York Rangers now mm -hmm. here in New York. And it's funny how, like, we both got – what we both fell in love with at a very early age were able to do. But my brother was always the hockey guy, and I just never took to hockey. And then I was the wrestling guy, and he never took to wrestling. But yet now we're both talking about the sports that we fell in love with at a young age. And, yeah, it was this, you know, it was the same thing with me. You know, with cable TV, um, I was able to get, you know, obviously the WWF, but I got Mid-Atlantic. I got Georgia Championship Wrestling. I got Polynesian Pacific Championship Wrestling. I got Florida Championship Wrestling. I got Mid-South Wrestling. Like I was because of and World Clash Championship Wrestling because of cable TV early in the early, very early 80s. I was able to see all these different territory shows, which was amazing. But it was never like. The younger generation would never know. None of these shows were on prime time. They were either on like late night TV or very early in the morning. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Would your would your wife like to watch uh, wrestling just explode and get her man back? We, I, I got, I got, I got booked uh, on the last Jericho cruise, and obviously I took my wife. And the Jericho cruise, if you guys don't know, it's it's wrestling and heavy metal music. And if there's one two things that I I listen to heavy metal and I watch wrestling all day. My wife couldn't be further from either thing. So being stuck on a cruise ship, my poor wife being stuck on a cruise ship where all there is is heavy metal and wrestling. It was, yes, to answer your question, Brian, yes. Yes. Well, hell, <laughs> if, if she ever gets tired of you, you just marry me. We'll get along great. <laughs> <laughs> my only problem is, I, I, I just like wrestling, I'm a fan of all different genres, everything from heavy to metal to, to you know classic rock. I'm an old school guy, and I remember driving those back in the days when we drove in the car with me and uh, they used to call us Waldorf and Stadler, me and Tony Chimmel, and wh whoever would be in the back seat, whether it be Kyoto or or Swoggle or usually Larry Heck, the trainer. I was I couldn't I was a bad passenger. I couldn't drive. I had to listen, be the guy in control of the radio because the driver gets to control the radio. And one, sorry to take over this, but one trip, uh, Chuck Palumbo got left behind by the crew because he was taking too long in the shower. And he goes, Hey guys, is there enough? Cause Chimmel and I did the ring crew as well. He goes, do you guys have enough room in the car to go? Yeah. Jump in just whatever. And I'm one of those sing along guys as the radio plays, ask me the words to a song. I'll never remember it. But as it's playing, I remember it. And when we get to the destination, Chuck Palomo goes to Chimmel. He goes, Chimmel, does Jimmy know the words to every freaking song on the radio? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It, it's just, yeah. No, it's just it, the, the like like you. You have great stories to tell, and I love listening to them, and love listening to your experiences in this industry. And like you said, you and your brother had different paths. You know, my brother was never a wrestling guy either, but he to this day is a huge Maple Leafs fan, and will never give up on that. Yeah, it's 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 like it's like the old saying. You know, if if you love it, no explanation is necessary, and if you don't, no explanation will do. If you try to explain to a non-wrestling fan why you love wrestling so much, they won't get it. But to another wrestling fan, they just understand it. Just it's something that's in your blood, and it's something I defend. That's what makes me so angry, guys, about our community right now, and the fact that when I was growing up, I had to defend wrestling to the non-believers and the non-wrestling fans, and now it's like we're fighting amongst each other, like the pro wrestling community with tribalism. Like we're fight, like that's not what it's supposed to. We're we're supposed to be fighting the non-believers, not each other. But I think it got to the point where now we're fighting with each other, and that's gonna that's gonna be the demise of this community, is where is is the lack of respect that we have for each other. Like it doesn't matter what your favorite show is, who's your favorite wrestler. Like it's wrestling. We're all we're all on the same team. So mm -hmm. why are we fighting with one another? over that i don't i could care if you're an aew fan and you're a diehard aew fan god bless but respect the fact that there are people that prefer another show or another brand and vice versa like it's just i like i i just don't get it i you never had to worry about that 30 40 years ago it's just like if somebody like wrestling you knew that that you there was an understanding there now it's just like the outside people don't care if you're a wrestling fan or not. So I guess we need somebody to fight with. So we just fight with each other.
Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I think yeah, it's I, I, Dave. I think it's but, become more of a like a political world. It's like that in the politics. Yeah. And so it's 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 being woved in to our wrestling world, and, and, and they do it like Trump versus Biden. You know, it's it's that's not what we are though. We're we're the relief from that bullshit. That's what it's supposed to be, right? Supposed to be. I, but I remember even on the political side, like if you know, if my dad voted for Reagan and our next door neighbor voted for Walter Mondale, my dad didn't give a shit. Like, okay, whatever. <laughs> like, it didn't matter. Now it's just like if you have a difference of opinion, it's not a difference of, of opinion. You're wrong and I'm right. And it's just right. you know, it's just it's too much of that. And we gotta just like understand that. You have to respect the fact that there's going to be people that have a difference of opinion. There's going to be people that just just don't think the same way you do, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, as long as it it's you know there's there's it's not violent or there's you're not disrespecting or stepping on somebody else's toes. I could care less what you what what, what your opinion is. Just respect that I may have a different opinion than you do. That's all. Well, oh, Dave, good, good luck changing that. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> and, 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 and you know what? Like, I, that's why as I get older, guys, I kind of just live in my own bubble. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, my interests become smaller. My, my circles become smaller. And I kind of just kind of focus on the things that I can control. And the things that I can't control, I don't worry about that because I can't control it anyway. Yeah. One, one thing it, I want to ask you, Dave. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just want to say one more thing, no, Dave. Cool. If, you, if if you saw my circle, you would think nobody fucking liked me. <laughs> it's a half circle, <laughs> and I like it like that. It's uh, okay. Hey, man, do you do you, Brian? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Jimmy. One thing. I, no, one thing I want to ask you because I love how much the busted open program and the nation has grown by leaps and bounds. And credit, all the credit goes to you and the the entire crew. But where do you see the next step? How, how where is it going to go next? I'd love to see it expand even further. It's a, it, that's a great great question, Jimmy. And you know, I was waiting for a great question. I finally got one. No. <laughs> well, goddamn. <laughs> well, All right. Well, at least he's honest. Well, I'm just a guy. I'm no, just a guy that pushes I'm, a button. So I'm just. I'm I'll jo- just lay back. I'm joking. This has been. Um, this has no, been I heard that. I heard that. Listen, I heard that. Listen, I'm joking. But no, it's a great question because you always have to think about the future and the next step. It was me and Doug Mortman for a while. How do we get better? We have to get we have to get bigger. We have to get better. How do we do that? Bringing people from the industry onto the show. Um, we're on SiriusXM. That's a great platform. But how do we reach people that are not subscribers to SiriusXM? Getting having the Busted Open podcast that was great and doing well on that. How do we get bigger? YouTube. Let's get on YouTube. And um, how do we get bigger? Let's go seven days. I still want to go 24-7. I want to go, I want to have our own channel. That's that's something that I would love to see happen before we get to 2025. Uh, and you know what? There's always things I'm working on. There's gonna be there's gonna be some surprises over the next few months that you're gonna say, oh wow. Like I'm I always I'm always thinking we're, we have a great team. We have an awesome produ- production staff. I have a great boss in uh, Eddie Brasilli, who is the head of the channel, Marissa Rivas, who's 
in charge of podcasting at SiriusXM. And we're always thinking of ways to get bigger and better. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to what the future holds. But yeah, but but Jim, you always got to be thinking, always mm-hmm. got to be wondering, like, how can we make this platform bigger? So yeah, I'm we not- got big plans, big plans for the rest of the year. Looking forward to it. I, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. And speaking of big plans, are you also one of those guys who, who, when you start seeing like we're heading into the road to WrestleMania and you see all these different avenues that, that the road can take us on? Because like I said earlier, the, the questions out there that where's this going to lead to? Where's this going to lead to? It's got you wondering what's going to happen next. Do you do the fantasy booking in your head as well going, I'd like to see this. What if this happens? Yeah, I guess I guess everybody does that, right? You kind of just wonder where this is going to end up and how is this going to show up at WrestleMania. I think that's why people got so upset when The Rock came in because everybody was waiting to see if Cody was going to finish the story and we were going to get Cody and Roman at WrestleMania. You know, and and WWE does a great job with the Royal Rumble where you'll have a bunch of questions going in. Who's going to face the world champion? Who's going to face the undisputed universal champion? And those questions get answered. And then there's even more questions and they answer some of that at elimination chamber and then they'll throw a curveball. So I think that WWE especially always has your mind kind of working in a way like, where is this going to lead? And then with fantasy booking, you look at AEW, right? Because AEW does a lot of those like, kind of fantasy matchups it's almost like AEW's the ultimate uh tape trading tape where it's like a best of of those fantasy matchups so like i I think right now in 2024 yeah we all kind of love the fantasy book and i do it too Hmm. i i almost do it too often to a fault it's just because all my wheels start turning and i could just imagine because you being the historian and the fan that you are uh, i can imagine the thoughts that go and you again listening to bully and mark and tommy and everybody all day long i get in feeding you all that information it's just i can just imagine what goes in there and then sometimes those fan- fantasy matches never happen like i remember being a kid we always wanted to see hogan and flair in the ring and then you had that opportunity at wrestlemania and they didn't do it and then we saw it later on in wcw but it wasn't what it could have been on that ultimate stage at wrestlemania and then you know, the other one was Undertaker and Sting. And it's like, God, everybody wanted to see what that was like. Undertaker, they had that opportunity at WrestleMania 31, and they shit the bed and had Triple H beat mm-hmm. Sting at WrestleMania 31, and then oh, you know, put the final man <laughs> nail in the coffin on the NWO. But, like, sometimes you have those fantasy matchups in your head, and you never get to see them. So, Dave, here's what we want to do, man. Um we're going to come back with our third count because you want better questions, apparently. I'm joking. Come on. <laughs> I had to kick out at two, right? I had to kick out at two for the third You're good. Count. You're there good. You go. <laughs> and, as long uh, as we don't do the swipe. That, that horrible oh, uh, fuck. That's oh, the other thing. That was I last week. You. That was last week. <laughs> I know, but not, not to cut you off and, and really, I know we got to get to the third count, but that's another thing that I love about the your, your show is you also, especially Bully, pays attention to the refereeing. And as much as they are an integral part of the match, it's not about them. They need to be in the background and kind of invisible until they need to be visible. And I love that fact that you guys point out stuff that we kind of notice because we've worn the striped shirt. So I'm almost to a flaw that I'll see something and go, and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll message Brian or RJ and go, and they go, yep, I know. Can't unsee it. 
Hey, hey, Dave, if I could tell you how much Bully texts me during a show and says, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's great, though. But yeah, yeah but, uh, but uh, you guys know as referees, you have to keep your credibility. You have to. You absolutely. Know, yeah, because if you don't, if there's no rules and there's nothing to abide by, then th there's then no story. There's no story. There's no story. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. So, Dave, um, what we want to do, though, is we want to head to our third count. When we come back with our third count, we're going to talk about some scenarios, scenarios for WrestleMania. And, of course, you're going to get drilled now by me with some, <laughs> with some fucked up questions. We're going to do all that when we come back with our third count. This is your three count. Welcome back to the Reffing It Up podcast. And what's a Reffing It Up podcast without a third count with our good friend? Man, I'm having loving this. Diamond Dave LaGreca on with us today, having a blast. And we're going to take some questions from fans. And also, I have a question for you, Dave, because I look behind you there and I see all that memorabilia. And I'm like, as they say, marking out over what I'm seeing back there. Is there a favorite that you have in your mementos there that you just... Above everything else, as opposed to anything, Cody, outside oh of gosh. anything, Cody. <laughs> oh, I wish you, I wish you, I wish I would have known that you're going to ask me this this question. But I have so many great. I have. Oh man. No, Dave, you want to goddamn questions? You're getting. Oh, no, no, this is tape. This is tape, right? So I can go grab something, right? Yes, yeah, absolutely. You can go grab it. Yeah. He wants some this fucking fine. questions. <laughs> he he wants. He, he's got them now. I'll give you questions. You can't handle the questions. Just when you think you have all the answers, I change the questions. <laughs> well, yeah, that's well, great. Piper, though. Like, well, yeah, but that's that's the thing is especially. Especially with like the bust open, you get everything because you'll get. You know, stuff from like Bully where Bully's the tag team guy. He has such a wealth of knowledge about everything. And then like Dave was saying, it's like you get different things from different hosts, whether it be Mark or Tommy, um, Bully, Mickey, Thunder, Rosa, whomever. And it's just, you get different levels what is he of... What, what yeah. is he grabbing? A goddamn table? I, I think know. he went downstairs. I think he went downstairs for I the hope, pierogies. I hope I hope he didn't... <laughs> I hope he didn't tear a quad like Vince did in 2005. With the Rumble. Which one? Which one? Both, well, both of them. He tore both of them. It was can, funny. I, I still, can, oh. Oh man, he went to get up, and when he landed on his ass, Chad backed up, and I went. Chad, uh -oh. you let the boss fall. He's back. He's back. I, I have back. I have a lot of a lot of really cool things, but this is my all time favorite, <laughs> and it's it's a show that my dad took me to back in 1985. It was at the Meadowlands, so there was a show that was put on by Pro Wrestling USA. It was um, the NWA and AWA combined put on a show. Hmm. Now, you know, being in New Jersey, I grew up in New Jersey. That was WWF territory. You didn't see any other wrestling besides WWF, but this was the first ever show promoted by Pro Wrestling USA at the Meadowlands. It was AWA, NWA, and I bought the program. You know, I rem this reminds me of my dad, but what I been, was able to do is over the years, I've had everybody autograph it. So I've had Ric Flair autograph it. I've had Sergeant Slaughter autograph it. Um, I've had Greg Ganya autograph it. I've had Boogie Woogie Man, Jimmy Valiant autograph it. 
I've had um, Nikita Koloff autograph it. I've had the ring the ring announcer that night, Gary Michael Capetta, autographed it. So um, Road Warrior Animal autog autographed it. So this is by far my favorite piece of memorabilia. Sorry it took so long to get it. No. So, so you no, awesome. so, well, wait a minute. So you really had to dig for that. Would you have it in a fucking safe? Well, I got, I, I, listen, when you got people coming in and out of this house, you know, you want to fucking make sure that no kids touching this crap or my wife thinks it's garbage or something, mm -hmm. you know, so you gotta, you gotta lock it up. And I, I'm also a very avid, um, magazine, wrestling magazine collector. Oh wow! So I have um, a big, huge dresser full of wrestling magazines dating back, all the way back to the '60s, all the way up to current time. I, I don't know how many there are, but you mean yeah. you mean you mean something like this? Yes. Oh yes. Yes. Oh, and then I don't have enough time. I wish I would have known. But I, you just showed me that picture in Ricky Dragon, Ricky Steamboat on the cover. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. When. When I was a kid and Ricky Steamboat left the NWA to go to the WWF, I wrote him a letter about that he was making the biggest mistake of his career, leaving the NWA to go to the WWF because you're a great professional wrestler. If you really want to be regarded as the greatest, you need to stay in National Wrestling Alliance. So, Dave, are you really being serious about this right now? Yes. I wrote really? Him, I wrote him this letter. He answered it uh, in 2018. In 2000, so I wrote it. I wrote it to him in 1985, and he responded in 2018. And I still have the letter that he kept it. He kept the letter, and he responded in 2018. And uh, I have the letter of response from the letter I wrote him. That's awesome because uh, he's one of my favorites. Like I said, we used to get Mid Atlantic Wrestling up here, and him and and Jay Youngblood as a tag team was one of probably my favorite tag team of all time. I mean, this has been some great teams. But growing up, watching well, growing up, I was almost in a pretty much an adult back then. Seeing those guys, they were they were awesome. And and Ricky is a genuinely good hearted guy. I don't think I've ever seen him get get angry. Have you? Any I've. I've never seen him get angry, Brian. I have not. I have not. Um, I've seen him get frustrated, but I've never seen him angry. I think he handles his anger with frustration, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But there you go. That's my favorite because it reminds me <laughs> of my father taking me to the show and then over the years getting to meet all those wrestlers. But to be able to, and the, and the main event that night was Ric Flair versus Harley Race mm. for the NWA oh. Championship. So, and then but, on the same card, Rick Martel defended his AWA Championship against Jimmy Garvin. The Road Warriors were on that show. It was just, it was just an amazing oh. show. So, so Dave, we kind of touched on this, not majorly, but you were in the radio business. You were uh, doing the uh, Sirius XM with NFL Radio. Um, producer of you know popular podcasts and or actually of, of the nfl but what made you like i mean what was the tall tale sign for you that said i'm gonna dig into this wrestling shit and i'm gonna fucking i'm gonna be a mark and i'm gonna make the show like what yeah, made it was you just it was just what you said 
I went up to my boss and I'm like, I'm a big fan. I'm a Mark. Let's make this fucking go. Like that, that basically what you just said is I said serious at that time. It was just serious. We hadn't merged with XM yet. And I said that, you know what? Serious is all about those niche, niche programming. And there's nothing pro wrestling related. We need to do a pro wrestling show. It was myself and Doug Mortman, who was another fan who worked at Sirius. And and Brian, we and we just did it like one hour, once a week, and we weren't getting paid. And and then it just expanded from there twice a week, three times a week, and then finally five days a week, which happened about six years ago now. But it was it was just that it was just I'm a fan. This is something I really want to do. I thought it'd be perfect programming for Sirius. I pitched it and my boss wasn't a fan of it, but he said because I had I have done such a good job with the NFL, he threw me a bone and he gave me one hour once a week and it and it just ignited and grew from there. So that's great. So who's your NFL team? I'm a cowboy fan. How the fuck you a cowboy fan? <laughs> I, I don't know, Brian. Maybe maybe you haven't gotten word, but that's America's team. Cowboys are America's team. So, okay. All right. So I can I cannot, you know, that's America's team, Brian. American dream. There you go. Dave, I see a consistency with you now. You only go with winners. Wait, who are you? Who are you a fan of? We're not talking about that tonight. Who are you, who, no. who's your favorite football team? Um damn, Dave. Um, the Commanders. <laughs> there you go. You had to bring it up, didn't you, Dave? <laughs> Dave, this is for another episode. Yeah, hold on. How about a guy from Canada who's a Tennessee Titans fan? Well, Only because they, I was a huge Houston Oilers fan back in the day with Pastorini, Billy White Shoes, Earl Campbell, and the team migrated, and I just migrated with them. I, I get it. Uh, well, well, Brian, how long have you been a, a Washington fan? Um, to be honest with you, my entire life, my okay. um, gr- my grandfather's father was the conductor of the band for the Washington Redskins. Yes, that's I amazing. Said- that's yep. amazing. Oh, I, old, oh my God, uh, the, RFK Stadium still gets yes. Me that was that. But I, one of my first jobs with NFL Radio was working with John Riggins. Oh, work with John Riggins. So. The first time I met John Riggins, the first time I worked with John Riggins, I wore a Dallas Cowboys tie. <laughs> I wore a suit with a Dallas Cowboys tie. I'm a Cowboy fan. What do you want me to say? All right. So since you said that, I have to tell you a story. So there was a wrestler named Hulk Hogan that I think we all know. And um, sounds familiar. A little bit, right? And, um, <laughs> I had gotten word through Twitter that this guy named Adam Carricker, who was a huge defensive lineman for us, reached out to me and he was verified and everything else. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. We start going back and forth. He says, I'm a huge wrestling fan and my only goal is to meet Hulk Hogan. And I went, well, I can achieve that goal. My only goal is to have a suite for every fucking Redskin game for this next year. He says, not a problem, not a problem at all. I said, okay. I flew him to Orlando when we were at TNA taping in Orlando. And I let this little motherfucker meet, well, big motherfucker, uh, meet Hulk Hogan. 
And needless to say, I had a suite the entire year. Wow. And my brother-in-law, who's a Cowboy fan, I invited because I could have like 10 people. It didn't matter. 10 people. He was, I'm not even going to mention the names that I shared the suite with because you probably won't know him because you're a Cowboy fan. Um, <laughs> but anyway, he comes in there and he's wait, a Dallas wait, Hold on, Brian. Now, when you say that, that, I could take that one of two ways. Okay. Are you, are you saying that because, because I'm a Cowboy fan, I won't know those names? Or because I'm a Cowboy fan, I must be an idiot. And I wouldn't know those names. I could take it either way. It, it, it's, the, it's the second way. It's the second way. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a rant coming soon. <laughs> oh, no, don't worry. I got one ready for that one. But, um, but no, but no. So he comes in there. My brother-in-law, he's a Dallas fan. He says, can I wear this? I went at your own risk. Uh, that's fine. So it's a Dallas Cowboy Redskins game. And he comes in there. He's wearing it. Da, 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 da. So Adam comes to me, he's injured at the time, and he goes, who's this guy here? Is he with you? And I went, um, no, he's not. He's not. <laughs> and he goes, who's he with? And I went, I have no idea. What's the problem? He goes, tell him to take that Dallas Cowboys shit off and get the fuck out of here, one or the other. And I went, okay, well, let me work on that for you, Adam. I went over to my brother-in-law, and I went, Justin, take your Dallas shit off or get the fuck out of here. <laughs> And he goes, I didn't know it would cause some, so much heat. I went, are you kidding me, you stupid fuck? It's a Dallas game versus the Redskins. He took the shit off, and he was fine. But anyway. Well, was- I mean, <laughs> see, Brian, I have to go with you on this one because you're a guest. Now you're you're a guest of the of, of the team. So, like, now you're you're automatically that, – that's, that's a little bit going over the line and being disrespectful. Though, I probably shouldn't have worn a cowboy t- tie when I met – John Reagan's either, but you live in did you, did you do that? No, I really did. The first time I met him, the first time we worked together, I wore a suit and I wore a Dallas Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys tie. Oh, you're gonna get a Hebner rant now. Wait, hold on. I, got, <laughs> I think I, I think I may have a picture of it. All right, we 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 we're recording. We can we can we can wait. Well, well, yeah. RJ, make notes. This ain't live, right? You're gonna take. Well, the other one we were talking about earlier, so I figured, what the heck, just go. We got dialogue back and forth, you know. I figured you 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 just want to get uh, your your nice clear voice going through your headset now and all that (laughs) stuff. Everybody can hear the the you know bullies the soothing soothing swinging sounds of Bully Ray. Now it can be the I don't know something here. I don't know. I don't know if you guys see this picture. How's this picture? Yeah, yeah that was Tony Atlas. Yeah. Tony Atlas. Because they were talking about it, it busted. Jimmy, that's what me you? with John Reagan's with a Dallas Cowboys tie. I can't even wow. believe he took that picture. I'm gonna smack his yeah. ass now. See, see, this was this was. <laughs> I found this picture only because they were talking about it on on Busted Open, the Tony Atlas 101 picture. Here's a picture from 1985. Nice. Gee, wow. I found that one. Yeah, Tony was a good dude, man. That's what that was my first year working for the Tunnies up here in Canada in 1985. I dating myself again. So, so I I, mm-hmm. I would like to talk some scenarios here, Dave, with you. Mm-hmm. Scenarios. Um, what happens if Cody's story that you're so involved in doesn't happen at WrestleMania? <laughs> How you gonna feel, buddy? Well, wait, wait. First of all, what's with the the sarcastic story and, <laughs> and the quotes and the, and the change in voice. I, I, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Okay. Because, and you've probably covered this, but here's the thing. 
Cody's story doesn't need to be with Roman Reigns. Nobody has said that. The story was that he goes to WrestleMania, right? Supposedly, or a big event, I guess, and win a world championship. Roman Reigns was introduced, and fans got pissed because The Rock stole his spot. No, they didn't. No, he didn't. The Rock and Roman Reigns is a totally different story. It's about the head of the table. Why is everybody so pissed that it's not with Roman Reigns? Well, here's the thing is I think what you're saying, I can understand. But the problem is, is that Cody lost to Roman last year at WrestleMania for that championship with because of outside interference. Now, to me, it's I and I know that bullies saying the Madison Square Garden should happen at the Garden. I get it. Fine. I, I, I let him run with it. I give him the time to talk about it. But it shouldn't happen at Madison Square Garden. It needs to happen at WrestleMania. That's where Cody lost last year. That's the biggest show of the year. It's in front of a stadium full of people. It's on the biggest platform, the showcase of the immortals. That match needs to happen at Madison, not at Madison Square Garden, but in WrestleMania. And I think it, hold on. And, And it needs to happen at WrestleMania 40. Philadelphia, the ultimate underdog, the home of Rocky Balboa. This is where it needs to happen. It needs to happen in Philadelphia, and it needs to happen at WrestleMania. Okay? It's it's not happening. Roman never defends the – what do you mean it's not? It's going to happen. All right. All right, Brian. Let's make a bet. Let's make a bet. Okay. All right? Okay. I'm I'm going to get my ref shirt right now. Let's make make a bet. (laughs) I I think – the story needs to end at WrestleMania 40, and it needs to happen against Roman Reigns, and it needs to be in the main event of night number two. I feel like when we're talking, and you and I are having a conversation, and I'll be happy to come on with you guys after WrestleMania 40, I think you're going to see that undisputed WWE Universal Championship around the waist of the face of the WWE, and that is Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes is the man. He is the franchise. He's the face of the company. He is the biggest baby face in the company. He is the reason why everybody moving after WrestleMania 40 is going to buy a ticket to watch him defend that championship. And he is going to be a person who defends that championship every 30 days, which is, by the way, when a championship should be defended, should be defended every single 30 days or that championship be stripped. Roman Reigns never defends the championship. This is Cody's time. It's happening at WrestleMania 40. WrestleMania 40 in that main event of night number two, he is going to win that championship and be the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. You say no, good sir. So put your money where your mouth is. I'll let you, I'll let you make the bet. I will, I will entrust in you. The bet making. I will make you the odds maker. I will give it to you. You don't need to say it now. I'll give you time to think about it. You come up with the bet, and whatever the bet is, I'd say yes. So right now, I don't even need to know what the bet is. Yes, I will bet you. There you go. Um, Dave, there's so many reasons why it won't happen. And it leads back to what you said, what Bully Ray said. Back to Madison Square Garden. It's about money. Where do you go after WrestleMania? Hold on one second. Like you asked me, Mm -hmm. let me talk. Mm -hmm. Where do you go after WrestleMania? Because that magic and all that stuff that's built within Cody Rhodes and all the fans and all the stuff has now disappeared because that's now achieved. 
Now the thought and the process is all gone. You can make money. That's what this business is about. It's not about making Dave LaGreca happy. It's about making money. The first night of WrestleMania is going to be a tag match that I know that you guys don't care about. It's going to be a tag match. As long as Rollins is good to go, good wheels. Second night is Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes with Rock as a referee. And then we have all kinds of shit happening that cost him that title, which leads up to lots of other things where it does culminate at Madison Square Garden. I, 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 res- I respectfully have to disagree with, with, with my good brother in stripes here and, and kind of get on the Cody bandwagon here because I have a scenario I want to throw out at you, Dave. In my mind, that's the way my mind works. I can't help myself. For night one and for night two, I don't want to see the tag match night one. I would rather see a singles match between Cody and Rock. And despite the bloodline trying to interfere on behalf of the Rock, Cody overcomes the odds and beats the Rock on night one. And we go off the air with Cody celebrating. And maybe get a beatdown. You can do that too. And then on after the first opening match on night two, have a backstage segment with Rock and the Bloodline where Rock tries to fire up Roman by saying, hey, you got to come back and you got to do this. You got to beat him for the honor of our family. And then as Roman walks by Rock, he says to him, yes, I will do what you couldn't do last night. Rock shoots him a look. So we have the match. We're going into the finish. Rock comes down. Looks like he's going to interfere. Here comes Jimmy. Here comes Solo. But instead of going up against Rock, fights them off. Beats the crap out of them. Roman looks at them and says, hey, what the hell are you doing? You're supposed to, you know? And that's when Cody hits a maybe a, a you know, a Cody cutter and some crossroads. Wins it clean. He has to win it clean. Without shenanigans, in my opinion. And maybe even Seth comes out to help. Maybe Jay comes out to help Rock. But they fight off the bloodline as opposed to helping. Cody is your champion, and you set up Rock and Roman in the future for maybe Saudi Arabia, wherever it might be. I, I guess it's that easy then, Brian. I love it. I love it. Brian, think about that. So then you, you could set up – you might even have a year build for Rock and Roman for next year's WrestleMania. Do like a John Cena Rock build for a year. I knew you weren't the head of the table. I'm the head of the table. And then the next night on Monday Night Raw, big celebration. You know, Cody's your champion. He's holding up that undisputed WWE Universal Championship. And then there's the celebration. Seth comes down and Randy Orton comes down like family, friends. RKO out of nowhere. Randy Ah. Orton lays out Cody. And then you start a story between Cody and Randy Orton. Okay, I love it. Hey, hey, Dave, it sounds great. It's not happening, bud. <laughs> so, so, all right, all right, all right, Brian, I need you to come. RJ, I need you to be on top of this. RJ, you're you're the guy yeah. that's I, I'm I'm entrusting here. Yeah, there's gotta we gotta make a bet between Brian and I. Gotta think of something good between the two of us. We will, we will. I mean, listen, we have a little bit of time. Um. And RJ, believe me, will stay on top of it. He will text me every day. Have you talked to Dave yet? Have you talked to Dave yet? Um, but 
We will. We will. Dave, it just Jim, Jimmy, and no disrespect to you either. Obviously, we we always don't agree, and that that's what makes it great. I don't think that that to me to me makes financial sense. Now, what Dave said, what he just said though, with with the with the RKO. Now I'm leaning a little bit more towards you guys because now we do have something out of WrestleMania, but to just give them the belt, which everybody thinks is going to happen anyway, makes no sense to me. There's, there's, there's no, no, I get that again. It's a predictability. It's, it's, I don't want to say predictable, but it's, it's okay at times when it makes perfect sense for him to end this story, but there's always a story after that story. And like what Dave laid out with the RKO in the middle of the ring, now you're beginning a new story for Cody. Oh, I know. I, 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 I don't know. Hey, that's the beauty. That's the beauty. I think you're buying in a little, little bit, Brian. I think you're buying in just a little bit. Just a I'm little not, bit. I'm not sucking no, into okay, it. No, okay, right. no. But the best so, so, whatever so, you want. I think a nice, friendly wager between the two of us would be fun. Absolutely. I, I, hey, listen, we'll we'll have fun with it. It's fine with me. I. I Hey, look, we do this like we said at the beginning of the show. These are our opinions and what we think. And, and that's all it is. I am so a keep in mind, baby. I am a cold <laughs> baby. So take that huh? I guess I guess I need to make that call anyway. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. So, <laughs> so Brian, so guys, I, I want to throw this monkey wrench into this whole scenario, too. There's two guys out there, two family members that have been rumored to be involved eventually. One, Tamatanga, who just left New Japan Pro Wrestling and is rumored to be coming to the WWE. And number two, one, Jacob Fatu, is a free agent. So, to go along the lines of Dave's RKO, you have... One of those two gentlemen come in. Cody wins. Beats Roman clean, just like Jimmy. Comes in and said, in a matter of speaking, I'm paraphrasing. You beat one family member. You got, there's a lot more of us, boy. And takes Cody out, whether it be Tamatanga, whether it be Jacob Fatu. To prolong that storyline. Of the family, the bloodline. There's a, the bloodline's endless. It seems, because there's so many great, talent, uh, talented wrestlers in that bloodline. And I think that would continue it a little bit more. Whether you know, who knows? Well, that I, I mean, that, but that's the thing. I think even Brian made the point as, you don't necessarily have to have the bloodline story with the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Yeah. You don't need to. So you could separate the both. Especially now that 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 Raw is moving to Netflix, mm-hmm. you can have Cody to face of Monday Night Raw. Have him just you know defending that undisputed WWE Universal Championship on Raw, and then on SmackDown continue the Bloodline story because I think mm-hmm. the Bloodline story is just as big, if not bigger, than that championship. So mm-hmm. I mean. But 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 guys, that's what's be- beautiful about yeah. this right now. It's it's a win win, right? Brian, if you're right and I'm wrong, the WWE wins. Absolutely. If, if you're wrong and I'm right, the WWE wins. Like like it's 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 a win win situation for the WWE right now. 
So, so let's flip something real quick, Dave. Uh, it's not all fun and games sometimes, uh, but the AEW product right now, me personally, I'm having a really hard time following. I'd like to watch it and I watch it every week, but I was even sitting beside a friend Wednesday night watching the show. And there were several things he brought up as a, not a fan, which made me think, I thought it was really, really interesting. And he says, I don't understand anything that's going on. And he's also watched WB. Okay. I don't understand anything that's going on. I don't know why these matches are happening. Their production value is nowhere near. And it just feels like it's not as important to watch. Now, I don't feel that way. I feel like it's just as important to watch because I'm okay with the lower budget production. I like the old school feel, and sometimes they give me that. But I understand completely, as Jimmy would say, you're trying to put 10 pounds of, he doesn't say it the way I say it, obviously. 20 pounds of potatoes (laughs) in a 10-pound bag. (laughs) Okay, he doesn't say it the way I say it. But anyway, (laughs) Dave, just, just address it. What do you think? I, I think that with AEW, and I will say they've done a much better job lately. I think they've done a much better job storytelling lately. A big example is what just happened this past Wednesday with Jericho and Atlantis. Like, all right, why are they having this match? They kind of explained why. They did a good job of explaining Atlantis about who he was and who he is. That's something they haven't really done in the past. So that's, I think, a very positive sign. Yeah. Um, the sting thread throughout the show where they started off with the young bucks coming to the arena and looking for sting. And that was a thread throughout the show. That's a positive sign. That's something that's really good. So I think they've shown signs, especially lately that there's a little bit more storytelling. There's a little bit more background and there's a little bit more of a thread throughout the show and a little bit more reasons why they're having the matchups that they're having. They got to continue to do that. They have to continue to do that. I think one of the problems, at least for me as a viewer, is trying to to shove the 10 pounds of shit into a five-pound bag. Like, you're having some great moments. Let those moments breathe so that your audience can, can digest those moments, you know, dissect those moments in their mind, and then remind them throughout the show of that moment. Don't be so quick to move on to the next segment or the next backstage interview. You have a significant moment, let it breathe, and then have your commentators talk about that moment. And then later on in the show, show a replay of that moment to remind the fans of that moment. And then the next week, show that moment again so that the fans that are watching understand the significance of that moment. The one thing I'll say, guys, is that it's still a young company. I think they've done a lot in a very, very short time. You know, some big audiences, some sold-out shows, that Wembley show in August, you know, over 70,000 fans. That's something to be applauded uh, about. You just, But you got to take that momentum and you got to build on that momentum. And I think early on, they relied a little bit too much of, oh, my God, so-and-so's here. Oh, my God, so-and-so's here. Oh, my, you know, 
Oh my God, Brian Anderson. Oh my God, CM Punk. Oh my God, Adam Cole. Oh my God, you know, Keith Lee. But you can only do that for so long. You're going to run out of names. So now I think they really have to focus on storytelling and they have to really focus on having a, a united thread throughout the show that's going to keep people locked in and then ending with a little bit of a cliffhanger that's going to make people want to tune in the next week. And I've seen signs of that, but they have to keep building on it. They have to keep building on that. And listen, Tony Khan has a lot of geniuses in that locker room. Dean Malenko and Arn Anderson, a Mark Henry, you know, a Chris Jericho, you know, lean on those guys, you know, lean on those people, lean on. It's like, it's no different than what I do on busted open. I lean on the, those guys know a hell of a lot more about pro wrestling They've forgotten more about pro wrestling than I'll ever know. So I lean on them. You know, I think Tony's got to like understand that loosen the reins a little bit. He doesn't have to do everything. Cause I think he, I think he does have, I think he's a hell of a nice guy. And I think, and I think that he has the fans best intentions in mind, but lean on those people in the know and the roster needs to lean on those people as well. Um, understand that criticism is constructive criticism and and build on it. And, 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 and that's, I think, the biggest thing. And, and the other thing, don't worry what the WWE is doing. You're, you're, not on the, you're not on the WWE's level. You're not even close. And that's okay. You shouldn't be. WWE right now is on a different plane globally and everything else. And they've been, and they have a tremendous head start. Stay in your lane, build your product, make it the best product you can be. And don't worry about what the WWE is doing. And you know what? Right now, just, just, you know, appreciate your fans, which I think they do and just build from there. And and I, and I think AEW will do okay. Right. And and the big thing you said too, also, Dave, you mentioned is we forget sometimes how that they are still a young company and growing and learning as well. And like you said, I think Tony needs to take more advice from some of those great names that he has, some of those great minds he has at his disposal and, and stop trying to manage everything and start delegating a little bit of, of, of how it should be run. Anyways, the only things, if he's going to take anything from WWE is watch their production values and how they shoot things from certain angles and that sort of thing and use those video vignettes to help tell a backstory to a, a match that's coming up, like you said, so-and-so versus so-and-so for the first time ever. Give us a little backstory to it. Yeah, and I, and I think they're doing that. The other thing, too, when I mentioned about WWE, is don't take shots at the WWE. Like, for what? I would stay, yeah, I would stay away <laughs> from that because there's no reason for it, number one. And honestly, right now, the WWE is a product that the fans like. So you're only going to – I think you're going to do more harm than good mm-hmm. if you have – if you have your roster, take shots at the WWE. That's just my opinion. Well, here, here's another thing too, um, Dave. We, we, you know, we. Well, I do anyway, and then I give the information. But I, I track ticket sales. I track all that stuff. I'm really into that kind of thing. I don't know why, but I am. I can't help it. And the tracking of them from where they were a year, year and a half ago was really good. They were really good in the first towns they went to, like, you know, Austin, Texas, first time they've ever been there. 
8,000 tickets sold. Wonderful number. They go back to Austin, though, and I will look at it like this year, 3,000. And they're doing this, and it's, it's, it's a trend. You know, I go to WWE's. There are some that don't trend as well, but they're mostly improving their trend every time they go back to a building. I just think that, and I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what they do. Because I was in TNA during a transition where we went on the road, and we were good, but then we weren't good. Like, it was just like, in order to do production of a building, okay, to make money on TV, you've got to have at least, and I talked about this with a friend the other day, you've got to have seven to 8,000 people to break even. It costs you 500000 in production. And I know this to a fact. I am not an owner of a company or anything, but I dig dirt and I got it. Dirt. <laughs> like I dig. And they're not making money in these buildings. They're not. Now, are they making money on sponsorships and all that? Yes, maybe. But I'm saying overall, to run a building and continue to do the production they're doing, it's got to catch up though, doesn't it, Dave? I mean, you, you always want to sell tickets. I always think that that's always the bottom line is asses and seats, right? And getting people to come to your shows. And it's just a good optic as well when you're watching at home. If you see a big crowd, then you know it's a big it's a big show. If you see right. empty seats, you're going to be like, all right, well, the other show has a full crowd. This one doesn't. Then right away, people are going to gravitate to the show that has a full crowd as opposed to one that doesn't. I think there's a few factors in one. You just said it, Brian, the first time they were in Austin, the first time they were in this city, that city. Well, you're going to get a big crowd because it's the first time you're there. So why are people going to want to see you a second or a third time? Stories, right? So that's why you have, that's why it's important. And then the other thing is star power. Unfortunately, you know, Cody's not there anymore. Cody's now the most popular wrestler in the other company. They let Cody walk out the door. CM Punk was fired. CM Punk is now a part of the WWE. Um, MJF is is nursing some injuries, and he's been out. That hurts them a lot because MJF is a big star in yep. AEW. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker, we haven't seen her. She hasn't been on TV in months and months. Um, so, I, so I really do feel like it is the, it's the newlywed period is over. Like it's now like now you have to give people a reason to come to the building and want to pay to watch it. It's one thing to watch it for free on TV, but now you're asking people to come in and pay their hard-earned money. Why? I think stories, and I think they've been doing a better job of that lately, and then star power. You got to have that star power that are going to make people want to do it. I, I think they're in a little bit of a lull here, um, and that's and that's something that they're going to have to try to fix, and I think they are trying. I think there's going to be some big names that are going to debut hopefully soon that will get people to come. But you guys know better than anybody. It's all about the stories. It's about storytelling. What have we been talking about? The bloodline, Cody. Whether you think it's going to go one way or the other, it's a story that's got you intrigued. Oh, my God. What's going to happen with Cody? Oh, my God. What's going to happen with Roman? You know, how does Jey Uso and Jimmy Uso factor in? You know, RJ just mentioned about maybe more people coming in and joining the bloodline. That's going to keep people watching your show and buying tickets to go. Um, uh, AEW is going to find that sweet spot right now. 
because you've already done all the firsts. You've done the first. Right. Now you got to get those people to want to come and see you again. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely right, Dave. You, you hit the nail right on the head there. It's people get invested in you, the character. I mean, you can do a twisting, burning 450 hammer Phoenix splash and get the crowd to go, ooh. You like, got it in, Jimmy. Gonna, you, you got I, it in, I, Jimmy. I got to get it in. <laughs> but is that going to sell tickets? No, it's the actual person that sells tickets. People get invested in the characters and they want to be invested in characters that are compelling. Uh, I'll give you an example. You talk about AEW. Samoa Joe especially now in his current iteration of this current iteration of Samoa Joe, I am buying in because he looks like a badass. He looks like a tough guy. There are guys that go out there and they cut promos that make you, Oh, he's cutting a wrestling promo. And then there are guys who you listen to Drew McIntyre, the guys like that, where you listen to him and you go, you know what? He's kind of speaking the truth, but he's doing it in a kind of dickish way that makes you not like him. Yeah, and, and, and Samoa Joe is a great example. Samoa Joe is somebody that when he says something, you believe in what he's saying. Mm -hmm. You know, MJF had that uh, gift as well, where whatever came out of his mouth, he did. And that's the other thing, too, is you had the biggest heel in all of pro wrestling in MJF, and you turned him. Um, the acclaimed were a very, very hot tag team, and you changed, uh, you know, from becoming the tag team to the trios team. I think there was um, Wardlow was as hot as hot can be oh. as a baby face, and then you didn't follow up on it. Like, so you had things that were gold, and you kind of let it slip through your fingers. And I think that's been a problem with AEW as well. Yeah, that's what I that, what I call the Wardlow effect. Don't let your talent become get Wardlowed. Having yeah. someone that you had that were as high as he was and slipped through your fingertips. I hate I hate swimming and a miss with that one. Let's put it that way. I know they're trying to recapture them, that moment with him, but having him as part of the, the crew with uh, Adam Cole, to me, why? This guy, he's getting better on the mic. He's starting to, he's starting to exhibit what they saw in him in the first place. So run with that. Well, that, and, and that's the other thing too. Injuries have hurt them. You know, you have this big uh, devil, and who's the devil? And, you know, Adam Cole is hurt, and MJF is out. So, like, you weren't – the hottest story in your company, you weren't able to have a satisfying conclusion or mm -hmm. have a follow-up, and that's definitely hurt them. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. So, Dave, you something that's been synonymous with, with Busted Open and yourself has been your laminated list. We saw the first live laminated list a little, little few weeks ago. Absolutely yep. phenomenal. I love, I love seeing it. Honestly, you see all the, the whole nation coming together in one, one location to give you the, give you the, give you your flowers. Um, but my question is, you know, you hear about your, you know, your fat, your uh, top WCW Mount Rushmore today on the show. Do you have a laminated referee list? I I do have a laminated referee list. I do. <laughs> I always wanted. I'm like, you know, listening to shows. Like, I'm like, okay, he's got this list. He's got that list. I'm like, oh, I got, I gotta ask him because I'm he sure he does. So, 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 so RJ, me. RJ, why do you want to? Why do you want to? What you want him to bury me now? All right, go ahead. <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think I think Brian, you, you and both you and Jimmy are gonna like Tommy and I are planning to do a referee 
top 10 laminated list oh. show. And um, I think you both will be happy with the show. Nice. Wow. Look forward to it. I appreciate yes. that. No, that no, that coming from you guys, it means a lot. And Tommy's a guy, I, I, I love Tommy. I get to work with him a lot. And again, another guy who has such a great mind for the business. And again, I, I not to not to sound like that guy again, but just honored and privileged to be around all these guys in the locker room and just sit and listen and, and absorb all that and yeah, be a sponge. And to it's this amazing. day, listening to the show, listen, sorry to cut you off, Dave, but listening to your show, continuing to be a sponge. It's, it's a great, it's great. And, and again, coming from you guys and, but because I could tell RJ, you really want to know the answer about my laminated. Top 10 <laughs> yes. Yes. Scrappy McGowan is on my top 10 referee laminated list. So wow. Bronco Lubitsch, but Bronco that, Lubitsch. that's actually Bronco Lubitsch was Bronco my Lubitsch first top. On my top 10. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Scrap, scrappy though. Scrappy though. Scrap. Scrappy McGowan. Scrappy McGowan that, that, was, that was actually, um, that was my first hope for, uh, the show, but unfortunately he couldn't come on. So, um, you know, it, it, was, it was, it was great that, um, you know, it was my first thought, you know, I, you know, I, I didn't want to worry about Brian Hebner. Okay. He's great. He's great. I'm, he, he's doing well for him. Jimmy Cordaris, you know, ref and rants every day, but scraping McGowan. Damn. Arr. I would, I, there, there is a very short list of people I have not been able to talk to on the show. Scrappy McGowan is one person I, I I've never had scrappy McGowan on the show. And I've never had Tommy Young on the show. Oh my goodness, Tommy Young! And yeah. I would love, I would love to talk to the, both those guys because that would be absolutely tremendous. Yeah. So, you know, Dave, I, would, Dave, would you? Sorry, Jimmy. So, no, Dave, no. would you, would you make this list as far as referees go? Which you, I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to insult you, but I'm saying you probably don't know much about. You only know from what you see, correct? Yes. Okay. So how do you build this list? What do you go off of? I, you know what? For me, my own personal, like, who's been in the biggest matches? Who's refereed the biggest events? Because I would think that just like, who are the best referees in the NFL? The referees that are in the Super Bowl. Like, okay. I would figure, like, that's the same thing in pro wrestling. Who are who are part of the, the biggest matches at the biggest times? And again, I don't get into, like, the behind the scenes. Like, David Manning. For, for example, was a big part of the booking committee at world-class championship wrestling. That doesn't factor in because I'm not supposed to know that. That's not something I'm – so I'm only going by what I see as a fan when I'm watching these events and these shows, who I feel like were the guys that were part of the biggest matches at the biggest time of their career. All right, that's so let me – oh, If go, I could just go, follow Jimmy, up on go. that. No, because no, I'm very interested in that because – uh, you say, as you watch it from a fan's perspective, and, and myself and Brian, we're always of that mindset where we shouldn't be noticed in a match. We're, we're there to help the, the guys yeah, tell their story. But, but, the, but fans know. Like, Jimmy, you've been a part of some of the biggest WrestleMania matches of all time. You know, Brian, you've been a part, especially in TNA. When I look back at the biggest matches in TNA, you were a part of those matches. Those have to factor in, right? But again, you guys, it would be a good... You know, a redo the show, you both need to be on that show because I would love to get the perspective of what constitutes a great referee in your minds being referees, like what constitutes great referees. So I'm going to talk to my producer tomorrow. We're going to do this show. We're going to do well, this show. Well, all right. and I would love that. And I want to yeah. 
like I want to give this to Jimmy too. This not mm-hmm. only to you, Dave, but to to Jimmy. And this is no disrespect to Earl Hebner at all, because he deserves the most utmost respect. But he would sit there and tell me he would say, "Yes, I've had storylines, I've had big moments in wrestling history, but Brian." You're so much better than me. You do it better than me. Now, I've never particularly been in a storyline. I've had a huge beatbox career, um, which would be which would be my storyline, I guess. Um, I've gotten the shit kicked out of me, which you know they I've had fans send me videos of the all these crazy sick bumps that I've taken through my career. Those are the things like I would think that you would need to look into in a way. If it makes sense, no, but 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 it does make sense. That's why your perspective, your your guy's perspective, will be totally different than me. Because, all right, let's use AEW as an example. They're on TV every week, and I'm Ooh. sure there's a lot of fans that would that would would take a, an AEW referee just because they see them every week, and they say, but you guys as referees probably might would be a different, you know, probably would have a different opinion than that, and probably an AEW fan would know the referees of an AEW product more than a WWE fan would know the referees of the WWE product. Cause every, every fan knows the referee they're announced. They know the names of the referees. WWE doesn't do that nearly as much. So it's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic and you're right though, Brian, you said you're a better, like probably nuts and bolts referee than Earl up there, but or up there. You have to give all high respect. Because they gave him, they gave him where they wanted him to be a part of a storyline. Yeah. So that has to be mm-hmm. factored in as well. It, but it's a great question about, they, you know, when we do this show, and probably I have to rip up my list and do it again. There probably needs to be a criteria that you have in order to be on that list, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Who better yeah. to come up with that criteria than Jimmy Corderas and Brian Hebner? Well, well, I'm not trying to impose on your no, list. No, but, but sure. seriously, <laughs> right? I mean, you guys would know what that criteria needs to be a hell of a lot more than I would. Well, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Uh, one quick example. Timmy White. Yes. All right. The great Timmy White. God bless him. He wasn't, you know, over the top. People probably don't now today in, in this generation remember him for what he was. You know why? Because he. He was good. He was good. He did mm-hmm. what the WB asked and it did it well. Does that make Jimmy myself, Earl Hebner better than him? It, it it doesn't. So it's a really tough thing to do. I mean, it's no, it really that's is. why I think you need that criteria because everything needs a, a criteria. Even when you talk the greatest of all time, what is that criteria? Is it about, how good of a wrestler you were, how much money you drew, the right. influence you like. Mm-hmm. So that's why I always feel like there needs to be a criteria. It's it's okay. kind of like an all as far as wrestlers go. It's kind of like an all of the above. It's someone who ticks all those boxes. You yep. know, great in ring, great and promos, great storyteller, but also someone who sold tickets. Yeah, I think it's important. Yeah. So who's Dave? Who's your number one wrestler? Number one wrestler, Rick Flair. Ric Flair. And I, I absolutely agree, one hundred percent. You you don't get an argument for me, but it's it, it it's a if you're t- talking Mount Rushmore, once you get past one and two, 
I think it's now it's a debate. <laughs> yeah, it's a de I mean, my personal Mount Rushmore is Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Terry Funk. Like to me, oh. th that's my Mount Rushmore, and really all four for different reasons. But then you know, you talk to somebody that's an older fan, they're gonna be like, "How do you not have Luthez on that Mount Rushmore?" Mm -hmm. You know, like. It's it's really subjective, but like, but like for me, Ric Flair because he was truly a world champion. He traveled everywhere, every territory, and defended that world championship, and would go an hour every single night. So to me, it's always going to be Ric Flair. And many hours after that match too, as well, he would go. And anyway. he was do that after. Like, <laughs> about that, I know right? <laughs> exactly. Well, Dave, there's there, there's something that that you didn't know probably. Um, I don't know if I've been on your show and mentioned it or whatever. Um, but back in the day, I used to travel with my dad. And I was a young boy. And he had a school bus. And it was painted in blue. I don't know why he painted it blue. I guess he just didn't want it yellow, which makes sense. Um, and that ring was hauled around. And it had fences on each side of the of the bus. And I went around. And And this is where the passion of where I am now came into play. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because Ric Flair was drawing the towns. It was Ric Flair and simply everyone else back then. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. And these are little towns. Like, you know, you go to, you know, Greensboro, you're not at the Greensboro Coliseum. You're going to Greensboro, um, I don't know, Civic Center. Okay. And all they cared about was Flair. Like at that point in time and early in those years is when they became where Ricky Steamboat, Wahoo McDaniel, um, Ivan Koloff, um, Don Carnoodle, um, would start intertwining into this thing. And then they went from that to the Greensboro Coliseum. And I watched my dad's bus grow. Like, in other words, we would go from those little towns to these big arenas. And I'm like, Holy shit. As a kid, I'm like, this is so fucking badass. And it just shows you what we always talk about every week. It's about stories. It's about how you build talent. And this is a prime example of where every Saturday morning when NWA was on TV and they would not only just show Ric Flair, they would introduce Ricky Steamboat, Tully Blanchard, Magnum T.A., you know, and, and then it wasn't only sold for Ric Flair like it was before because he was the marquee. He was the one, just like Hulk Hogan at some point. And there was everybody else, but it wasn't. And then it became like a domino effect as we went on to years. And that's where I think like where you talked about. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I, but as you're saying that story, and thank you so much for sharing. I never heard that before. It's amazing. You could say the same thing about Hogan in the WWF, right? They got Hogan to come in, Vince McMahon, and he kind of built that roster around Hogan. You know, he got Hogan, and then he went out and got the Junkyard Dog and Roddy <laughs> Piper and Paul Hardwork yeah. and grab. And but you got to have that nucleus, right? You got to have like, right? You know, this is this is where it all, it all centers around this one guy, Ric Flair in the NWA as a heel, and Hulk Hogan in the WWF as a babyface. But like. 
you have to have that nucleus. So it's so funny as it's again, it sounds so simple, but it's but, but, but so hard. But it, but it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's so hard yeah, because all those things have to kind of fall into place, right, for it to happen. But man, if you have that one guy and you have that one star, which we all know, you know, after WrestleMania 40, it's going to be Cody Rhodes. But you all you need is that one guy. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Look the show around. And that's it. That, that's it. But Cody so, has that it factor. You know what I mean? He gravitate. The fans gravitate to him because he is so interactive with them. You see him on the entrance. He does his his deal with the pyro and all that. But as he walks down, you see the kids. You see the teenagers. You see the adults. Everybody's cheering for him. And he comes over and he'll give a little kid, you know, fist bump or a little something yeah, or sign a, something it's, on them. It, it's just he has it. And he looks like a guy that can carry that company on his shoulders. It's it's just a, it's it's a joy to watch, but it's 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 really good times. It's a it's for me as a as a radio host, but as a fan, it's just it's a very fun time right now in wrestling. So, Absolutely. Dave, I ha- Dave, I have to ask you one more thing. Okay, and and I don't know if you'll see it the way I do, Jimmy. I don't know if you will or RJ. But if you think about it, the one thing that I was always heard. I've never had to sell tickets. Thank God. Um, Cody's now, to me, which bothers me in a way, Cody's Cody. Let him be Cody. But he's now coming out and he's begging for for love. He's begging for love. And I've always been told as a, as a baby face, you don't need to beg for it because it comes off as cheapish. Okay? So if you think about it, Let's say Monday. Watch what I'm saying. If he's on Monday Night Raw, I don't know if he is or not, but anyway, he's begging for it, and he's doing everything he can to slap hands, hand belts that he's got over. Cody doesn't need all that right now. He could do that as things maybe trickle down, I guess, but I just feel like he's pleading and begging for more, and that, that, that draws me off. I, I understand, but I also think it's almost like a politician leading up to election day. And like, so <laughs> WrestleMania is going to be election day and he's either going to win or lose that election. But I think all of this, what you're seeing is what you're going to see from him until we get to Philadelphia and WrestleMania 40. That's going to be Cody's. We're, we're going to find out if all of this is going to work out to his favor at WrestleMania 40. And that means not just a win or a loss, what the crowd reaction is going to be for him at WrestleMania 40 as well. Yeah, the Philly crowd can be... (laughs) Yeah, it's Philadelphia, so it can be... Yeah, it could be wonky. But but sorry, Brian, but to your your point, uh, no, I could see see what you're saying as well, but I, I do think that's what they need right now is someone that gets the fans to gravitate towards them, and that's what's going to draw people in. And at the same time, he did show a different, a little, he turned up the, 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 the switch a little bit on Monday night after, you know, with that promo that he cut, we saw a little more fire from him. Yes. And I like seeing different levels of that. And one guy that we left out of the conversation all night, because I know, yes, we've been, Cody Roman and rock has been the story going into WrestleMania. One guy that I got to give my flowers, give flowers to is Drew McIntyre right now. Yeah. He's doing a great job. Yeah. Best best promo work of his career by far. Mm-hmm. Well, Dave, 
we don't want to keep you much longer. I mean, I would love <laughs> to be long enough. Yeah, I know. I think I, I could go all night. I could too. And somebody he, get hot at me though. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Violetta is, uh, is wondering where the hell I am. Yeah, that's what you don't want. Violetta heat. That's for sure. <laughs> Not that kind of heat anyway. Uh, well, one, one more, one more word I want to say for you before you go, Dave, boobies. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. Thank you guys so much for having me on. This has been an honor. Thank you, Dave. Thank you so much, man. I really, thank really you. appreciate it. Congratulations, congratulations. Seriously, 100 episodes. That's amazing. Congratulations on that. Thank you, and thank you guys, all three of you. Thank you so much for the constant support. It means mm -hmm. a lot to me. And 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 Brian and, and Jimmy, I've watched you guys for years. Uh, so to, to to get to it, I'm I'm truly honored to be a part of this show today. Thank you. No, it was our honor having you on, Dave. We appreciate you. We love the show. Keep it up. And I'm very interested to see what the future holds for Busted Open because I want to. I like like wrestling. I want to see it grow. Okay, and Brian, think about that bet. I am going to think about <laughs> it. Uh, I'm going to think about it really hard too. Uh, okay. I just have a feeling you're going to be so sad. That's all right. <laughs> Listen, I've been divorced a couple of times. I know what that's like. Well, I've been divorced once, but it was great. Um, but anyway. <laughs> that's hey, another podcast for another time. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Phil ain't on this motherfucker. So anyway. <laughs> Dave, thank oh, you Jim. so much, buddy. Thank you. Thank you, you are... so much, guys. Thank, thank you. you very, very much. Love you guys. Thank you. Love you too, thank buddy. You. Right back at you. Love you, buddy. Guys, that was, wow, that was phenomenal. So great to have uh, Dave LaGreca on. Huge fan. Obviously, all three of us watch his stuff. But normally, this part of the show will uh, would be me sending it over to Jimmy or sending it over to Brian to um, you know, get their uh, social medias. I don't know why it's, this is getting to me, but um, I did a little something. I've been working on this and I want to, <clears throat> excuse me, share Jesus this. Christ, RJ. Jesus Christ, with, uh, RJ. Yeah, and I know I'm getting a little verklempt. A um, little something for you guys um, because 100 episodes ago, I pitched, I didn't think it would grow to this much. I didn't think we'd have you on, Jimmy. I, you know, I, it, it's great that we did. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I don't want it to come <laughs> off like that way, but it's grown and I want it to continue to grow. And I got together. Some people wanted to say congratulations. Oh. Um, so with that oh. being said, um, wow. I'm going to hit this with you guys right now. What's going on, RJ? What's going on, Jimmy? What's going on, Brian Hebner? Congratulations on 100 episodes of Reffing It Up. This is John Alba from The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, Strictly Business with Eric Bischoff, and SNY's Honda Sports Night. Uh, I'm mm. so proud of you guys for getting 100 episodes. I know firsthand it is no easy task, and I hope that you guys have 100-plus more left in you. You're all good dudes, and uh, thank you for contributing to the wrestling space in a great way. Reffing It Up, Brian and Jimmy. Two buddies of mine, two good guys, two professionals, 100 shows. 
congratulations. Only one of them matters, and that was about me. Um, but congratulations, guys. <laughs> hey, guys. WWE referee Dan Engler here, and I want to send a quick congratulations to Brian and Jimmy for 100 episodes of Reffing It Up. These guys are always amazing, super insightful, always been good to me through my career with, for you to offer advice and just uh, amazing, amazing guys. So congrats again for 100 episodes. Here's to another 1,000. Thanks, guys. Hey, hey, what's up? It's Jesse, the ODB, and I just want to give a big celebration and awesomeness to Brian and Jimmy for their 100th episode of Reffing It Up. Hell yeah. If you guys haven't listened to their podcast, it is hilarious. These two guys have been there, done that, been in the ring with legends and Hall of Famers. Damn. Hell yeah. That's awesome. I love it. And congratulations to you guys. 100th episode and 100 more, guys. And guess what? I'm going to name a special a special sandwich just for you guys on the food truck. It's going to be the one, two, three. Oh, yeah. All right. Congratulations, guys. I love you. Bam. This is Bill Barron's agent, booking agent, current producer for Billy Corgan's NWA, and I've done uh, a number of other things, always involved with talent and the development of talent, and I wanted to wish Brian and Jimmy big congratulations because coming up, 100 episodes of Reffing It Up, and uh, it's a perspective that's important. I happen to believe referees are among the most valuable people in any wrestling company and one of the shames of some professional wrestling is the people relegated to that spot often can't carry that ball and it's wow. an important ball to carry. I've taken some minor pride in helping a good number of referees who have been able to make a living in professional wrestling. Uh, in NXT, D.A. Brewer, Dallas Irvin is an example. Uh, Rudy Charles, Daniel Engler in WWE is an example. Um, Andrew Thomas, uh, who ended up refereeing in TNA but now is a director for AEW. Mike Posey, uh, not only a great wrestler but AEW referee. And it goes on and on. Um, so this is an important podcast, you guys know your shit, and I wish you not just a hundred more episodes, but a, that you go with this thing as long as you possibly can. So, congratulations, 100 episodes. Hello, Jimmy. Hello, Brian. Just wanted to say I am sending lots of love and congratulations because you reffed it up, you didn't F it up, you've reached 100 episodes, and that is a huge milestone. Well-deserved, you guys are the best, you're the loveliest, and I'm wishing you all the best for future episodes. Mwah. Lots of love from California. Yo, it is Vince Russo, bro, and I am wow. here, bro, taking time out of my busy schedule, bro, to put over Brian and Jimmy to the moon, bro. Bro, I had the great experience of working with these two guys, and they are top shelf. Bro, I've always said, man, I've always said that the referees are the unsung heroes of professional wrestling. Why do you think they went on strike, bro, when I was writing <laughs> wrestling for a living? But I got to tell you, man, 
Brian, Jimmy, 100 episodes, bro. That says a lot. And you guys, man, I wish you nothing but the best. 200, 300, 1,000 shows. Guys, listen, man. I've always been your biggest fan. Maybe you didn't know that. Now you do. Keep on keeping on, bro. God bless the both of you, man. Congratulations to 1,000 more episodes. Take care, bro. What's up, Brian, RJ, Jimmy, Jared Fritz? Getting a little rough it here in the gym. Wanted to take a quick break and say congratulations on 100 episodes of the podcast. That's huge. I love tuning in every week to get some of that wisdom from Jimmy, get those guns from Beheb, and uh, not sure what RJ does. No, if it wasn't for <laughs> RJ, you know, the whole thing would probably all fall apart. But congratulations, guys. Keep up the great work, and I can't wait to tune into the next episode and maybe be on one one day, you know. Congratulations, guys. Congratulations goes out to Brian and Jimmy for 100 episodes of Reffing It Up. The podcast is awesome. I had a chance to be on it. It was my pleasure to be on it. Being the co-author of Earl Hepner's The Official Story, uh, it was neat to write a book with Baby Hepner and also then speak again later on to uh, the second Baby Hepner. Um, great jobs, guys. 100 episodes. You were to be commended by the Prince of Passion, Kenny Casanova, and all the fans for putting out such a neat behind-the-scenes look at professional wrestling. That's how you ref it up. Oh, that's rev it up. Either way, 100 episodes, you sign up my guys. Congratulations, boys. Hey, this is uh, O-double-J, Jeff Jarrett. Or you guys maybe call me Slapnut or The Last Outlaw. No, all kidding aside, uh, Jimmy, Heb, congrats, man, as fellow podcasters. Number 100, that's a heck of a milestone. I know it's a grind sometimes, but you got to enjoy it, got to love it. And, uh, hey, man, uh, keep on keeping on. One, two, three, I'm out. Uh, but, no, uh, I just wanted to send a quick note. Uh, your producer is truly a slap nut and, and longtime slap nut. <laughs> and he has a her terrible, terrible choice in pro sports teams. But that's a whole nother conversation. A man, uh, Mr. Corderas, he's a Tennessee Titan dude from way back. Didn't think I'd remember that. Uh, but, anyway, guys, uh, happy 100. It's a heck of a milestone. Looking forward to seeing you get to 200, maybe 300. All right, boys. Choke on that, Slappy. Bye. Hey, guys. Cody Diener here. I just want to give a big congrats to Brian Hebner, Jimmy Carderis, and the whole Raffin' It Up team on 100 episodes. It's quite the accomplishment. Keep giving her, boys, and make sure to keep that cadence consistent. One, two, three. Hello, Jimmy. Hello, Brian. This is your favorite, favorite instigator, Bill DeMott. Guys, I just want to say congratulations on all your success on your podcast. And I want to publicly say thank you. I don't believe you get enough thank yous from the boys. And I truly I truly appreciate what you did for me and so many others as we joined the, the WWF, WWE. Truly, 
veterans of the road, um, not only fans of this business, but your knowledge is, is greatly unappreciated. So I want to say thank you for helping me through my journey inside those inside those ropes. Thank you for being friends. Thank you for, for making it fun. And thank you for dropping the knowledge when the knowledge was needed. I wish you continued success. I miss you both. Um, I hope all is well. God bless you guys. Congratulations. Keep up the good work. Boys, hope you're doing great. Wanted to send you a quick message of congratulations. Jimbo, Brian, the entire team, congrats on 100 episodes of Reffing It Up. Brian, I can tell you as somebody who's done a thousand plus episodes of other shows with Jimmy Corderas, it does get better. I miss you guys. Uh, Jimmy, we need to go to Zets. When is that happening? Can it be soon? Congrats again. <laughs> Many, many more happy episodes. This is for my buddies, Brian Hebner and Jimmy Corderas, two of the oh. top referees ever in the history of our business. The only trouble is two of them, and they can't count to three to between the two of them. But you don't want to take count to 100. That's why I'm here. I want to congratulate my friends Jimmy and Brian and the entire crew at Reffing It Up Podcast for hitting a century mark. That's right, 100 episodes of Reffing It Up. Who in the world would ever thunk that? Not me, but you know what? You can catch this outstanding podcast anywhere that you get your podcast from. Anywhere that you get the stories from Briscoe and Bradshaw, you can get Reffing It Up featuring Jimmy Corderas and my friend Brian Hebner, who comes from a very, very distinguished family of referees and outstanding people in the professional wrestling business. Once again, guys, congratulations to you guys. I know what kind of effort it takes to put into getting 100 episodes and to your entire crew there. They have worked their asses off to make you guys seem like you're intelligent. And that's one of the hardest jobs to do. I know I was behind that microphone, you guys, for a long <laughs> time. So congratulations once again. Have a good 100. And that's a good, here's to 200. Talk to you later, guys. See ya. Brian and Jimmy, it's the Drama King here, your good friend. And I just want to say congratulations on 100 episodes of Reffing It Up. Couldn't ask for two better refs to put together a show. Here's to 100 more and 100 after that and 100 after that. And we'll probably both be dead at that point, but maybe somebody else takes it over. I don't know. Either way, keep the good times going. Keep the good times rolling and absolutely keep kicking butt. Jimmy Caderas and Brian Hebner. 100 oh, episodes of episodic <sighs> excellence. Congratulations, this is Bill Apter, the Apter Chat. Wonderful Willie, hoping for two, three hundred more, and hopefully I'll be able to be on one of your shows. I mean, you're talking about episodic excellence. I, I, I need to be part of that. So, congratulations. Is this thing on? Of course it's on. Hey, what's the gig? Danny Deals, Danny W Deals, Triple D, the deal machine, whatever you want to say, hanging out at the Deals house with the crew, and we're just checking in to say congratulations, 100 episodes, reffing it up, Jimmy Corderas, Brian Hebner, I don't know Jimmy, but 
If you're cool with B-Hebs, you're cool with the deal's house. You know what I'm saying? I hope there's a hundred more. I try to catch every episode. When I don't, I give you the download. I'm still cutting deals. What are you talking about? And uh, and actually, fun fact, I uh, I learned on the road uh, how to be a referee in real life from Brian. Anytime Brian and Elijah would play anything, whether it was pool, Madden, tic-tac-toe, let me tell you something. I learned how to, hey, break it up. One, two, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, <laughs> a lot of good times on the road, Brian. Congratulations, boys. Hope there's a hundred more. I got to get back to being weird, doing other stuff. All right. This is uh, The Blueprint, Matt Morgan, former TNA and WWE superstar, former American Gladiator, and more currently a oh, uh, three-time wow. mayor here in the great city of Longwood, Florida, a.k.a. Strongwood. Get it right? Um, all joking aside, guys, I just want to say big shout-out to you. Congrats. And also on a personal note, I've always wanted to thank you guys. Um, so I'm going to take this opportunity to do it. Um, Brian and, and Jimmy both, when I was a very, very brand new young pro wrestler with WWE, with about eight months of experience getting called up to SmackDown, I can't even count how many times both of you had uh, coached me through my matches very earlier on, uh, going back and forth between the office on your earpiece. Um, Brian, something more serious, when I suffered my very first stinger, Played a lifetime of football, never had a stinger, but uh, got a concussion and a stinger at the same time when I was at a house show in Reading, Pennsylvania, which is, for those that don't know, a very cursed city for injuries for WWE. Um, you guys should do a show on that, actually. Um, Bubba's been <laughs> hurt there, Orton's been hurt there, Batista's been hurt there. Lots of people get hurt there for some reason, and I was one, and it was my first time being knocked out cold um, <clears throat> after I went over the top rope in a multi-man match and Brian you came out there and I didn't know which way was up and uh you got me through a very really scary time quite frankly because I didn't know where the hell I was but um and Jimmy you same thing goes for you um very early in my career you did a lot to help me um and you guys are, are really really good human beings on top of it all um love you both to death can't say enough great things about you and congrats 100 episodes is a lot and uh, you deserve all the continued success. Love you guys to death, sincerely. All right, God bless. Bye, guys. What's up, gentlemen? It's your favorite busted open Sunday co-host and contributor to the Wrestling Podcast, Justin Labar here with you. Wow, reffing it up 100 episodes. 100 episodes. And they said two referees couldn't get a podcast to 100. What are they talking about? I'm just kidding. That was a false finish. There was no they. Nobody ever said that. Nobody doubted having you two, two of the greatest referees ever in the history of pro wrestling sports entertainment, giving your insight every single week, commenting on what's going on in the business, having great guests. I'm really happy to see that you guys have hit 100. I can't wait to see what 100 more brings us on the Refing It Up podcast. Congrats. Cheers to you. Whoa, today's a good day. Am I right? Well, today's a real special day because myself, the walking weapon, Josh Alexander, TNA superstar, I get to celebrate 100 episodes with Brian and Jimmy. All the best, guys. Congrats on 100 episodes. I mean, I know you both from in-ring. Uh, you know, Jimmy, you are even a manager against me at some point in time, but uh, you're both awesome guys. You know this business very well. And uh, again, congrats on 100 episodes. Hey, Jimmy and Brian, this is Jessica Carr sending you congratulations to 100 episodes of Roughing It Up. Here's to 100 more episodes for you guys. And thank you for all, your do, all you do 
and your passion. Hello there, Jimmy and Brian. Charles Robinson here on the road <laughs> to WrestleMania. Just want to take a moment to say congratulations on your 100th episode of Wrecking It Up. Love your podcast. You guys do a great job. One of the very few podcasts I listen to on a regular basis. Only problem is you haven't had a little nature on there yet. Keep up the good work and I'll be listening soon. Hey, Jimmy, it's your old pal, Jack Farmer from the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I wanted to stop by and congratulate you, Brian, and RJ for the amazing milestone you guys just reached. The world has thought for so long that referees could only count to three, but you proved us all wrong, and you guys made it all the way up to 100. That's a huge accomplishment in podcasting. Most, most podcasts only last eight episodes. That's a fun little nugget of info for you. But you guys made it all the way to 100. I really hope to see 100 more from the Refin It Up podcast. Always great stuff. Proud of you guys, and I hope you're proud of yourselves. See you guys for episode 200 down the road. Brian Ebner, Jimmy Corderas, two of my favorite wrestlers I've ever worked with in my entire career. There is a huge, a massive, a wonderful congratulations in order for the two of you because you guys are doing your 100th episode of Refing It Up. I love the podcast. It's great. And you also support other podcasts around you. Guys, if you haven't heard Brian Hebner and Jimmy Corderas on Reffing It Up, they're getting ready to have their 100th episode. Check them out. Reffing It Up. It's a great podcast. Damas uh, caballeros, this is former WWE Superstar and your very favorite personal ring announcer, Ricardo Rodriguez. And I feel that it's, this is a very massive, huge occasion because we're celebrating 100 episodes with the Reffing It Up Con Brian Hebner and Jimmy Corderas, but I also feel that with something this special, I think it requires a special Jensepa. Jensepa? I don't know. No say. Something, right? So, vamos, caballeros. You are tuned to Ruffin and Up! But of course, you already knew that. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is John, capital letter E, period, a.k.a. Alpha Bravo. And the producers of Reffin' It Up asked me to message you, Baby Hebner, and you, Jimmy Corderas, and congratulating you on 100 episodes. So congratulations on finally being smart enough to book me to get you to 100 episodes and giving me one of the best interviews I've ever had in my career. But in all seriousness, Baby Hebner, Jimmy Corderas, congratulations to 100 here's to 100 more. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Pope, All-Caribbean Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. I just want to take this moment in time to come wish all of my friends over at the Rift It Up podcast a huge congratulations because I understand that you guys are celebrating a milestone. When you talk about 100 episodes of a podcast, Pope knows what that means, Daddy, because I've done it myself with Pope's Point of View podcast. So it takes a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of creativity. And you guys have applied all of those attributes to become the podcast that you are today. So Pope just want to say congratulations. Keep on keeping on, if you will, because you guys are winning Unlike Brian Hebner, who can't win at Madden at all against Pope, but you guys are definitely <laughs> in a league of your own. Here's to 100 more. Brian and Jimmy, how are you, fellas? Brian Kinnison here, the voice of OVW and the guy who cried on a golf course and wrestlers on Netflix. Just want to pop in and say congratulations on 100 
episodes. That's fantastic. That's a hell of a lot of episodes, guys, and I hope wrapping it up has a uh, hundred more. Uh, now, Jimmy, I didn't get to meet you when I did the show, but I did meet Brian and uh, Mr. Hebner. I hope you know I've worn it as a badge of honor that you called me just some smart fucking guy. Because you're right. I am just some smart fucking guy because I said yes when I was asked to do the <laughs> Reffin' Up podcast. Congratulations on 100 episodes, fellas. Here's to 100 more. Hey, what's going on, guys? AJ McKay from OVW and, of course, the voice of the Reffin' It Up podcast. And I just wanted to take a minute to wish you guys a happy 100th episode. Wow, what a milestone. And so many more still to go. You guys are rocking it and killing it. Uh, and you couldn't ask for three nicer guys in this industry. So keep doing what you do. It's an honor to be the voice of the podcast. And um, I appreciate you guys letting me be a small part. Cheers to your 100th. And here's to many, many more to come. Reffing It Up Podcast. 100 episodes. Not bad. Not bad for a couple of jabronis. Well, one jabroni for sure. I don't know about Jimmy, but I'll find out. Hey, congratulations, guys. Awesome job. Keep it up. I can't wait to see what the next 100 episodes are like. It's awesome that you let me be a part of it. Keep kicking ass and keep giving RJ a hard time. What's up, Jimmy and Brian? You already know who this is. Your girl, oh. the badass, the flavor gang leader, Tasha Stills. And I just heard that you guys are approaching 100 episodes at Reffing It Up. That is amazing. So from me to you, I would like to say congratulations. And it has been amazing to have joined you guys on Reffing It Up and bringing some flavor. <laughs> Uh, Jimmy, you are a legend in this business, and I appreciate you taking the time out to talking to me. And of course, Brian, I have so much love for you. You are a legend as well. Thank you for being there for all of my major moments, literally. <laughs> you guys, here is to 100 more episodes of Reffing It Up, and hopefully the flavor can come back on and do what I normally do, and that's bring flavor. And that, that is on Oh. Brian and Jimmy, Frankie Kazarian here, and I just want to congratulate you guys on 100 episodes of Reffing It Up. These days, everybody has a podcast, but not everybody has the experience and the insight that you two bring. So congratulations, guys. Love you both. And here's to 100 more. Brian Jimmy, two of the best refs ever. Oh, wow. Congratulations on 100 episodes, man. Keep it going. You guys rock. Miss you both, man. You guys are awesome. God bless. Bye-bye. Hey, what's up, guys? Austin Aries. I uh, just want to congratulate you guys on 100 episodes of Rep and Life. Nice. Uh, no small feat. Um, always enjoyed listening to you guys. And, uh, yeah, continued success. Here's 200 more great episodes. Take care. Hello, world. It's the Ultimate Finesse, your girl's favorite wrestler, Chris Bay. And I just wanted to send a special shout-out to my friends, Jimmy Cordares and Brian Hebner for 100 episodes of Reffing It Up. That's a huge milestone. Cheers, congratulations. Toast to 100 more. I hope it's too sweet. A lot of guys talk the talk, but you guys walk the walk. Congratulations, Jimmy Corderas, Brian Hebner on 100 episodes. All right. Longtime listener of your podcast, one-time guest. Always love it. You guys have been there. You guys have done that. And the insight that you guys provide is just uh, outstanding. So keep up the great work. Got a little coffee here. Cheers. And here's to the next 100 episodes. Congrats, guys. 
Hey guys, this is Tom oh, Hannafin from CNA. Congratulations to the crew at Reffin' It Up. My guy, Brian Hebner, I had a wonderful time working with you once upon a time in TNA. A hundred episodes of Reffin' It Up. You guys are just getting started. Congratulations. Hey, this is your SmackDown General Manager, Nick Aldis, and I just want to take a moment to congratulate <laughs> my good friend Brian Hebner, Baby Hebs, on episode 100 of Reffin' It Up. He's not effing it up, he's reffing it up. And uh, in all seriousness, <laughs> he was never a guy who was effing it up in the ring. He was, uh, in my opinion, uh, the greatest referee I ever worked with, uh, a great human being, and a guy I'm proud to call a friend. So, Brian, hope you're doing well, buddy. Congratulations. Keep up the good work. Well, there you have it, guys. Uh, fuck, fuck you, RJ. So, <laughs> I... Uh, you know, we normally we like I said we'd go over that, but you guys uh, from the start, you know, have done a lot for this business. I wanted to show you guys that you know there's a lot of guy people out there that you know congratulations, give you guys your props, give you guys your flowers, and uh, didn't didn't mean to get you emotional, but uh, just wanted to uh, get you that out. And for those of you that uh, <clears throat> excuse me are listening on the audio side uh this i will post a link to this video uh for those of you that want to uh watch it so check that out on the social medias um i'll keep going but uh get everybody a little woosah uh, next week we will be going uh bringing in excuse me uh one cody deaner uh from tna uh to the show uh, so definitely looking forward to that um lastly jimmy uh do a lot of great stuff you know we've uh heard that all all episode we've heard that over the these last few individuals uh but always people can get a hold of you and uh check out your good stuff well uh <clears throat> wow uh gotta get it together here so uh that was awesome rj you know i, I i'd like to get on your case about it but it was so awesome i can't uh, the, <laughs> thank you so much for that and thank you to everybody who reached out that it truly means a lot to hear all those accolades and you know i love doing this i love doing the podcast with you guys this is awesome today's episode i think was probably i don't i, I don't want to rank them but man it's it, it was so much fun it was great listening to dave and, and talking to dave and all that sort of stuff but as far as where you can reach me on Twitter at Jimmy Corderas, on Instagram at Real Jimmy Corderas. Uh, you know, I, I do this with you guys every week, and you can catch it. I tweet it out there. I put it out there. You guys know where to look for it. I do my reference rants from Monday to Friday every day. Again, maybe little critiques, and a lot of times putting some stuff over too. And again, just having fun, trying to tighten the screw, so to speak, not to tear down, but to help elevate if I can, in my from my perspective and. Of course, on the Wrestling Inc. Uh, podcast Mondays and Wednesday nights, uh, breaking down Raw and AEW and so forth, and just doing what I do. You know, I, I love this business. I love what I do. I love to talk about it. And you can ask my wife. She gets uh, tired of it at times, you know. <laughs> is, it, is there anything you like other than wrestling? I said, yeah, you, baby. I love you. But, uh, I love this. <laughs> what a great, I lo great answer, I love Jimmy. Yeah, but, <laughs> great I, answer. but I, she knows I love this, too, and she, she puts up with me. Let's put it that way. And uh, Thank you, guys. It's been a great ride and uh, continued success to us all. I, let's do it, man. Keep going.
Well, Jimmy, I appreciate that. And um, I want to say, RJ, first of all, I want to say, what a job, dude. Um, I'm very, very, very impressed. I'm actually getting ready to cry right now. Um, it just shows the love that people have and respect of what we were able to accomplish. No. And people look at it as like, it's just, oh, he, he was just referee there. He was referee there. No, Jimmy had passion. I had passion. We try and show that passion on our show. And RJ was able to bring out the soft side of me. Okay. Fuck you, RJ. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hey, hey, it, it doesn't happen often. You know, everybody's, you know, if it's one thing that I've learned from doing this show, not only the wisdom that you guys have, the love that you guys have for this business, but the appreciation everybody, this business should have for each of you, in addition to everybody that, uh, that, that has done it, that will do it. So yeah, it's, yeah. You know, it's true. And I really do appreciate that. And I'm so grateful to have Jimmy, to have you, myself. Um, RJ, from the beginning, we have worked so hard. We uh, did what we could do, you know. And we brought in Jimmy, who has that old school mentality, which I thought would mix really well with the new school mentality of myself. And people enjoy our show. And we do a good job. And we work hard. We, we're never perfect and we're never going to be perfect. We're going to keep continuing to bang these shows out and be perfect. And tonight was a great, great example of where we're going to go. Um, I know it's long, but guess what? If it's entertaining, you're going to listen, you know, and that's mm -hmm. the way I see it. Yeah. Um, so I do want to thank everyone that, you know, that said whatever they said. As far as you know, the, all the people I can't name all of them, but uh, it was awesome. I did get choked up. I'm still choked up, and I can't wait to get off this now and <laughs> go hibernate. Well, but anyway, uh, yeah. Well, with that being said, you can follow the show's pages on Twitter and Instagram at Reffing It Up. Uh, stay tuned to that. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Share this. We appreciate all the love that you guys have shown to us over these last 100 episodes. Here's to another 100, 200, 300, wherever this goes. We'll be driving this truck till the wheels fall off. So with that being said, shout outs to AJ McKay, JD Hoop, who've been part of this team since day one. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Um, for Brian, for Jimmy. Guys, if you're listening to this now, appreciate these guys. Whether you're in the business, whether you're outside the business, their love, their passion for this business is unmatched. And I appreciate these guys for allowing me to do 100 episodes with you guys. You know, it, it, you could have said no, but you said yes. And I appreciate that each and every time we do this. Yeah, this is going to be a little bit long of an episode, but, you know, it's good shit, pal. Um, but 
Until next time, for Brian Hemner, for Jimmy Corderas, I'm RJ. We'll see you here next week on Reffing It Up. One, two, three.